0: It's time for Verbal Tap, the show that proves fighting is way easier from outside of the elevated platform. I'm your host, Kevin. Mm-hmm. With me, of course, the man at the Metamoris 3... Um, which is like being on the moon, except it's cooler and way more badass. Raf Asparza. Raf, how are you doing this evening? How was Metamores three? Tell me everything, tell me all that you can think of about the details of you being there from start to finish. Tell me about the after party. Tell me about maybe getting into a breakdance fighting with a black belt, whatever happened. Just tell me go. It was cool. Oh, they shot that <laughs> I'm to fucking jump through this microphone and tackle you. It was cool. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Was it the best thing you've ever seen? Did they have, when they measured you for your personal gi that comes with the metamorph Press credential, did you choose like an off gray or what color did you go with?
1: Well, they handed me one and I was like, this is clearly a trash kimono. Please hand me something with a little more dignity. So I took only two free gi's. But I digress. No, they didn't give us any of that shit. I don't know what you're talking It was a great experience. Um, there's a lot to talk about, obviously, from it. So I was excited to, like, compile all of this information and then come back and tell you all of the crazy that we endured.
0: Rap, what should our listeners do if they're not interested in Metamorphosis? If they're like, ah, Metamorphosis isn't my thing, what would you recommend? Okay, okay. Maybe
1: if you enjoy our excitement voices, then you will enjoy this episode. Then you'll be fine. If you are not, yes. If you are not a huge jujitsu fan, this one might be a stretch. So we, we want to tell you guys up front. But, you know, come for the jujitsu, Stay for the Raph and Kevin.
0: I'll make a lot of... I mean, what should I make a lot of references for that community, do you think, Ref? What's a good metaphorical genre for me to include everyone? Mm,
1: I don't know. That's this a good is like Ref's
0: most hated game. He's like, you want me to help you commit to something that's going to drive me insane for seven, mm. 74 to 77 minutes. That's what you... Uh, maybe mm-hmm. I could just make a lot of... Hey, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie trailer just came out and it looks awful um so i could make a lot of like comparisons to it doesn't look awful it doesn't look great it's a little high action i actually saw it it a little uh what do you not understand that when you read those things that say
1: michael bay is producing it like that should be enough for you to understand exactly what you're getting into
0: Well, that's you knew it was Michael Bay because it's post-apocalyptic in some ways. (laughs) It's not just these uh, random martial artists fighting crime; it's now like a whole mission thing. So that'll. Well, you're just kind of
1: like, is Optimus Prime showing up? What's happening?
0: (laughs) I bet. Yeah, Mark Wahlberg's gonna come firing some sort of weaponry, and this is the type of banter. I don't know
1: if you noticed, but we found a Transformer. (laughs)
0: <laughs> if you don't maybe like jiu-jitsu you should listen purely to hear Raph and i talk about it if you do like jiu-jitsu and if you are interested in Metamorphs, so if you're I a martial like artist this is gonna fair. be a fun podcast that should really we're be, gonna into be it. <laughs> we're gonna be really flying on all cylinders um Raf is parading around strangers all podcasts he's bringing in random people That's right no one's ever That's heard of. by the end of
1: it, we're gonna go ahead and talk about Finding very different Transformers by the end of it.
0: Is that what we're doing, Kevin? Drifting a little. Um, Yes, Mark, that's what we're doing with your impeccable. I'm just very
1: confused. That's exactly what is
0: happening. Yeah, if I were. Uh, a little bit more rigid and could do accents. I do Stewie. No, Seth McFarlane, Fuck Teddy. That's the name of it. Doesn't matter. Oh, the okay. podcast is going to go in great direction. Teddy it's gonna be
1: about it's bad. Bad. <laughs> Not Ted. Just Teddy. Shit. This is the whole point of the fucking play on words. It's his fine.
0: nickname, I guess. Oh, Raph. What are we going to do? Um. Honestly, anything that you need to inside scoop us with before we start talking Metamoris.
1: Alright, let me go ahead and start with this. I'm going to put this out there right now because you did allude to this. The okay. after party was fun. We're going to go talk about everything else first. But I want to address something right up top. How okay, fun
0: I? was the after? Okay. Address was- what you need to address.
1: is very fun. Uh, Kevin alluded to the fact that there was a black belt that I had some dance beef with. <clears throat> I would just like to put this out there on the record.
0: Record? It has begun. We record. There it's recorded.
1: Here we go. Uh I know you think that you did a great job on the Metamorse commentary. I don't know, no, I haven't seen it yet. But if it was anything like your dance moves, Jeff Glover. You've got a lot to fear in your life, and I'm putting you out.
0: No out way, Rocky
1: Front Street. If no you way try to have a dance battle with me again, Jeff Glover. No one will be spared. I hope you no hear that. I hope you're saying he's not safe, right,
0: and no one he knows is safe. That's, That's what you're right. saying.
1: His whole family, his friends, people he just walks up to on the streets—no one is everyone safe.
0: Everyone is at risk if he makes the mistake of what was his strength move, Raph? What was his strength move? What did he go to?
1: You know his his go to move was like is he a, a hand sway. in the pocket type of guy. Okay. No, it was No, 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 no. He was just a, a sway to the bottom here the mistake he made and and everybody's kind of dancing and having a good time and i'm actually commenting i'm like dude the great thing about walking into a jiu-jitsu after party is everybody can kind of move
0: yeah like everybody
1: has the ability to kind of dance because because of all the connections that you have in the world of jiu-jitsu of all your warm-up shit is actually kind of danceable like a hip escape could actually be a great dance move And uh, he starts dancing and then he looks at me and he, without even believing, he just goes, can you move? And I go, I I can I don't know that I need to prove myself. He grabs the beer out of my hands.
0: No way.
1: And I was like. calls
0: you out.
1: Yeah. Like he busted a move first. He does (laughs) some sort of little dance that I'm kind of like, that's fine and all. I don't even put it more than 10% in my effort. But you know what? It's way more polished it's way more technical than Jeff Glover's dance will ever be, and I was a little disappointed because you know what? This is a guy who's done a whole bunch of routines on a bounce ball. He's basically <laughs> yeah. That did someone
0: ball. throw him one? I wish it just it just somebody just immediately like all of a sudden Lovato pops up and just inflates his shit out of the biggest bounce ball. I was waiting for a bounce ball to make its way into there. So when he did that,
1: I did a little something, some.
0: Not too crazy. He did a fantastic job but the wise. thing is
1: that's great. He did a terrible job dancing.
0: Oh no. No, I mean, you know, the thing is he's got moves We're...
1: that are, are nice if you're into an amateur kind of angle but
0: uh... <laughs> he's got great, like, uh, you know American Idol dancing. They're there for their voices. You know what I mean? And the thing is, it's like, I'm looking at him and I'm like, dude, I'm not
1: even giving you my A game. Like, this is just kind of a just to put you down and let you know I, I can move, but uh this wasn't even a real dance battle. By the end of it, uh let's just say when I concluded my kind of very soft pop and lock routine, if you would. Uh yeah. I just basically got my beer and got a look from him that was like, Okay.
0: Let's just set this down and walk away. No, that was that was the end of it. Like so I mean, you know, who knows what will happen next? Uh, he where didn't we want from- anything to do with your moves, is what you're saying. You're saying you verbally well, tapped I'll- Jeff Glover on the dance floor. Let's put
1: it this way. He came right back at me again, but at this point, I just kind of gave him a look. It's like, you're just embarrassing yourself now, man.
0: You're not ready. Come on.
1: Come on. But uh, I appreciate his efforts, and it was a, it was a good time. But, uh, you know, it's a dangerous thing to try and challenge me on the dance floor. So hear- keep that open in your mind, please. Jeff Glover
0: has got moves and you heard it here. If you all want a rematch as bad as I do, um, Jeff Glover's right out there in San Diego. We can get him up. You guys can do a little move, hit a tech near you or put it on roller skates. Like the real Athenians. That's my vote. Um, i fucking hate you by the way. I'm so mad at you. That's the coolest. Do a dance fight with Jeff Glover.
1: The Ugh. thing is, it's like, it was just you a dance right battle, a dance fight requires you to be equally matched against somebody who could actually beat you. Oh,
0: I love how Next. you're turning uh, this shit-talking up to a 10. I love the The thing is, I think he this is, is capable of
1: running draft. his mouth, so I, I don't know, I just want to hear what he has to say.
0: I agree wholeheartedly, and frankly, and I would like to issue this to Jeff Glover, if he would like the time to come on the show and speak his side because I think I speak forever when I say Raph can be a little uh, hyperbolic about how eccentrically perfectly he does things so it would be nice to hear Jeff Glover's side gauntlet laid Raph anything else you'd like to talk about let's put it this <laughs> way when have I ever been prone to hyperbole about that
1: I'm just saying you can't, I mean, I would yes. love to get the man. I will I just warn want the want you audience. to be right about the man the way
0: you make the man's your got moves. I'm <laughs>
2: yeah, saying.
0: I'm trying to promote a show here, Raph. I'm trying to build it on both sides. I can't just side with you and then invite somebody on to be trapped. I'm not. Yes, you can, Barbara Geraldo. Like I gotta you vary a fucking- it up a little bit. A good fucking co-host, ride or die. I'm not. I thought we were also super (laughs) clear on that. I've never shot for great. I shot for mediocre (laughs) and adequate on a good day. I thought the card was fantastic, and I'm stoked to talk Metamorris. I thought from start to finish it was a really exciting, really highly technical, um, impressive differential in the way the fighters were fighting. Hmm. I was, I was excited.
1: It was different than last year. If I could describe to you what it was kind of like, the best way to really capture your attention. It was a smaller venue. It wasn't at the UCLA uh, center that they had last year, which was m- massive and big, and there was incline seating, and it was crazy. Yeah. Or decline it seating, if huge. you would. This was interesting because I felt like I was going to a DJ tent at Coachella.
0: <laughs> it's uh, a because there was ecstasy automotive. and some kid humping yeah, not the air that. on shrooms Although, next to you that doesn't oh, hurt okay. the
1: metaphor but there was just a weird <laughs> moment where you're walking by cars like really really cool looking cars that are super fucking expensive that you can never own and you, you're you terrified that you're going to scratch or do anything and then all of a sudden they go go to our sports center and I go okay cool What's, where's your sports arena and then you see a giant tent and you go okay, well, this is different. And the only thing that bugged me a little bit was just the the level seating because you're looking at the level seating and you go, shit, I really wish there was a little bit of incline so you could see everybody a little bit better. Um, but that, I think, is kind of where the major complaints end.
0: Yeah, I can't imagine, at least from, um, there was a slight moment of fear when we thought the live stream wasn't working because it wasn't working. You- Man, when you.
1: Oh my God, when you texted me that, that's so sad you should because have I'm seen Twitter.
0: Like Twitter I, was I exploding. I had to turn
1: off my cell phone at times because I have to try and save juice for the entire event. My fucking cell phone battery is shit. But when I'm reporting, I need that as a backup to like tweet out what's happening or to be in contact with people, you know, in case, you know, you lose Real contact with somebody, you need to get in contact, whatever uh shit dude i saw you send a tweet and a text that was like raf the stream's not working and i'm like there's <laughs> nothing i can
0: do to fix that kevin i wish that was- you were gonna fucking facetime me into those matches like if that stream because oh if that stream hadn't kicked back on man that was gonna be crushing like the whole jujitsu community was taking a deep breath we were super <laughs> nervous so what was the pre-show like?
1: Because I didn't see the pre-show at, the, at that time. I didn't
0: see the pre-show either.
1: Oh, because there was no feed. Oops, sorry. We're going to bypass that question then. <laughs> <Stop> <laughs> yeah. the fact that when you walk into Metamoris, the athletes had apparently had a run through to like kind of warm up a little bit. So like Keenan was warming up with Eddie and all of this is happening unbeknownst to us. I saw photos of these later, so I didn't even actually see it. And you wonder why we're holding for a second. But it makes sense. Everybody's there. And afterwards, when you're about to walk in, most of the athletes are kind of accessible to the people as you're making your way into the Metamorous, uh tent, if you would. And uh, you see fans interacting with some of the people, which if you think about it, they hype these fights up to be so crazy competitive and ridiculous. And then you just see the competitors like, what's up? Yeah, I got to computer- compete in a little while, but how are you doing?
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm in my uniform now, but I've got like 20 minutes till my fight. Wait, hold on. What minute are they at? I've got like 13 minutes till my fight. <laughs> like, yeah, that's <laughs> that would be a – I didn't know that they were accessible. From our vantage point, it just – they really kept maneuvering the cameras in a way that it was hard to tell which side we were coming from. Yes, like the cameras kept really they were cutting all over the place and they never quite worked out how to show replays and communicate to the commentary booth that they were showing replays which was really funny at one point Florian was like breaking down a replay and uh, it wasn't happening (laughs) so it was like well I'm glad he's breaking down a replay he must be seeing but the rest of us don't see it and then it popped up and Jeff Glover like tries to save it um but overall they were really good. They were fun. Yeah, they were a It was blast. a great
1: great I heard great things about them. Uh Yeah,
0: I'll I'll make some jokes at Jeff Glover's expense only cuz he got a little Oh, there were certain moments, you know, it's jiu There's not much to commentate. So it just got mm-hmm. a little repetitive. But otherwise Really good, fun, You mean really much like his dance art. moves, pretty repetitive? <laughs> I guess mundane. that's what I'm insinuating. Weird. Bump, set, spike. This is the anti-Jeff Glover episode that we're Hey, I got no here problem here. with Jeff Glover
1: as a human being or a BJJ <laughs> competitor. I, I could see it. Obviously, his BJJ is better than mine. But I'm just saying, like, you don't know push up, you know, somebody against the wall for so long when you're talking about their dance. That's what I'm saying, <laughs>
0: It's like he shibbed you. That's how you're talking. Like he had one of his boys find you in the <laughs> yard. And was like, dance now, funny man. <laughs> Stabbed it's just disrespectful, that's all I'm saying. Raph, your impenetrable dance skills aside, are you ready to start breaking these down match by match? Yes, sir. Me too. Three, two, three, two. Oh, stop
1: All right, so we thought as a nice way of reviewing Metamorris, we'd as actually... an amazing
0: way. The only way we can fittingly review it. It was Raph's idea. Correct. <laughs> so what we decided to do was actually bring
1: on uh, one of our friends of the podcast to help us critique each match. And uh, to start off Mostly the whole uh, card, we actually are bringing on our good friend, Amici... From going,
0: BJJ Training Journal, how you doing today, man? All right, man. Doing great. Talking to you I'm guys. I'm actually just selecting date range and adding tonight's training to my mat tracker. Just I love a it. Little mat time for the BJJ Training Journal. I shout out! There it is. Like to
1: say though, Michi. Uh, so I downloaded the app onto my girlfriend's phone. <laughs> and now she regularly gets updates like, you need to train. And she looks at me and she goes, What's up with this? And I'm like, Babe, you need to go train. I don't know what to tell you.
3: How's that the app? Doesn't lie. Conditioning, right? For the girlfriend, like, you know, babe. She's going to get up and be like, You know what? I just need to learn to barambolo.
0: <laughs> oh, man. You got to add that in 2.0, like a girlfriend text, like it could send out and communicate. That might be good. <laughs> you nice.
3: Know, like, he didn't mean be- it. Like that, <laughs>
0: <laughs> he is so
3: sorry.
1: <laughs> so, I Amici, do me a favor. You know, we we haven't really talked about this, but what was your perception of our good friend, the announcer? Uh, I believe if you are playing at home, and you might be, does anybody remember his name?
3: I don't remember his name. I remember his group.
1: It's cool. Dilated Peoples is a great group that had a couple of pretty decent songs, but rock a probably got the job because his name has Matt in
0: it. <laughs> is that really... I thought that was just like something they were doing for the event. That's funny. I didn't know that was like what he goes by. <laughs> well, Kevin, don't you know that you got a rock a I know that I have to use the exact same tone while I'm announcing everything. I caught that nice and early. Um, and he calls jiu-jitsu something different.
1: Uh, what do you think he called it?
0: Uh, <laughs> I thought he coughed. But
3: <laughs> Yeah, generally I'm pretty good at impersonations. But, yeah, I mean, I know he's been training for a long time, but I, I, he's probably better on the mat than um, – the announcing. naming the techniques. And that's fine. It's it's a tough Jiu-Jitsu.
1: gig yeah. to a new be vert. the person who's up there, uh, you know, facilitating the the whole telecast, if you would. But when he's up there and he's like, make some
0: noise. <laughs> I was like, are we seconds away from no. flame? <laughs> don't make any <laughs> noise. Like, let's give it up for these two Warriors, and it was just like, oh, don't say it again. Uh, yeah, i okay. sorry. I have one note here that I wrote in quotation marks
1: that I thought was the funniest thing he said, which was, "It's getting serious in
3: here."
1: <laughs> he and my have... response was, "Was it not serious in here before?"
3: <laughs> A clown was gonna jump out on the mat, doing cartwheels. <laughs>
1: So anyway, um, we're here to have you talk about the matchup between Zach Maxwell and Sean Roberts. Uh, You know, Amici, tell us, how how did you think this match was going to start off?
3: You know what? I think everyone kind of knew that, you know, Zach had the more traditional game, right? And that Sean had the more active attacking guard, right? But I mean, I just think this is a great idea idea to start this off with the event because both guys wanted it. They wanted it to win and not stall. and. It seemed like they really adapted well to the no point scenario. You know what I mean? They weren't trying to play just for position. They were both going for it. So, um, and I I guess I, when they first both initially wanted guard, I thought, oh no, are they going to go straight to 50 50? Mm -hmm. But it seems that they went there just because they both wanted guard, not because they wanted the 50 50 as their main game. You know, obviously because they both have active guards and want those submission opportunities.
0: Let me ask you this because they weighed 160 and 175 and it really looked like that's exactly what they weighed. Do you, is it the weight class that helps? Because that's kind of like the perfect smaller guy, quicker jiu-jitsu weight class. Because I agree. I thought it was really high energy in a technical way. Um, how much do you think that has to do with just weight class?
3: I, I think it does have to do with weight class for a couple reasons. One, I mean the more mass you have, the more your lungs have to work. To, to fuel that mass, right? So I think that if you're a bigger person, you're just used to moving at a different pace um, just because that's your body worse, right? You drive uh, SUV like SUV, you drive a Porsche like a Porsche, right? So I think that's part of it. Also, there seems to be a correlation between size and flexibility where little guys are a little more flexible. So I think just both of those things cause inverted games, 50-50, bare type stuff to be um, much more active in the lighter weights.
0: That was cool. It was a fun match. Sean Roberts impressed me.
3: Are you kidding me? Yeah. I mean, he... You know, of course, he started off really aggressively. You know, Zach started off a little more classic jiu-jitsu, more... He was attacking, but he was more patient. Almost like counter-fighter, a little slower. Uh, Whereas Sean, man, he did immediately... I think it was two minutes in. He already went for the omoplata. He had Mm -hmm. loop chokes. He went for, um, like, you know, leg locks. He, He just went for inverted arm bars. I mean, he was attacking and attacking hard that whole fight. So it was, it was, it was impressive, yeah. Um, the thing that well, I noticed, though, the big difference, I think, in the mass I noticed was that Sean seemed to stick to his strategy the whole time. Stay on my back and attack submissions. Back, attack submissions. Whereas Zach changed his strategy, right? So first he wanted guard, which is why they both ended up in that near 50-50 thing. Then he played 50-50. Then he went inverted. Then he got in guard briefly. Then he was on top and tried his passing game. And then he was back to his top game. So I think he kind of adapted and changed it up more while Sean chose to stick to his guns.
0: Absolutely. And I liked how Zach Maxwell went on top.
3: Yeah. Um, And there was a nice run that he had from,
1: I think, about the 15 minute mark where it was just him trying to finish the match, which was what we saw, and Sean being in danger. And Sean saying that, uh, you know, he was holding on for dear life literally to his collar. And that he was like, you know what? I, I was holding on to that thing like a family member was dying. Yeah. <laughs> and I thought that was such a unique and cool way of saying that. Like, you could see it was like a, a nice moment when Zach is capitalizing on that. Was that, some, was that the most surprising moment to you? Or did you see that kind of happening? Like, did you feel it could happen at the 15-minute mark? Sean would start to gas out a little bit.
3: Well... I guess I didn't know what to expect but when I saw it happening I was like okay I I see what's gonna go on it did take Zach about 15 minutes to pass but you'll notice that he's able to get full mount just about one minute after that Um, and that's when he really turned it up and just started going to Ezekiel's and cross chokes and setting up arm bars and you know he he really got you know aggressive with it and And after that point, I think it started playing out. And, I mean, I got to give it to both of them. They both went for it, you know. (laughs) The big thing, though, is I think they were both obviously exhausted because you can't go for 20 minutes in that active of a match in front of that large of a stage and not be tired. But um, even during the interviews, right, I mean, Sean admitted it. The death grip, he was tired. Zach had to have his hands on his knees during the interview. But the difference was is Zach didn't seem to show his fatigue in the match Mm -hmm. until it was over, right? But in the final few minutes, it was clear that Sean was pretty burnt out.
0: Yeah, I actually even thought Sean and I I think this is an interesting strategy that we I guess we also kind of saw later, but it seemed like Sean was like, screw it. Just go for it. Like those last three minutes. He was like, let's see if I can defend the shit out of this because he looked like he was genuinely done attacking, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, rightfully so he deserved a break. Uh, but it really did look like he was like, "Mount me, let's see." I mean, <laughs> let's 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 end this fucker. Like somebody's gonna win, and I was I I thought that was ballsy too. The, I was impressed.
1: One thing that was really interesting at the uh, post presser was you had both of the guys asked if it would have gone five minute more. Uh, do you guys think that one of you would have finished it? And both of them just go, "I don't know." <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> They're looking at each other,
1: but it, it's such a I think a respect of what? both of their styles that both of them. You know, and people will answer honestly at a presser. They'll tell you half the time. Most people will say, as a fighter, yeah, I could have finished that. But both of them were like, you know what, honestly, I don't know. Like, they had nice, uh, respective things to say about each other's games. And you do have to figure, does Sean get another win? Does Zach make a mistake when he's trying to to close it out? So I thought that was interesting. For you, uh, Amici, what do you think is next for these two young, fucking ridiculous dudes who are great at jiu-jitsu?
3: I think that this was having them first on a card is kind of like, you know, having those young boxers on a, on an undercard of a main event that are going to, you know, like, like Canelo, when he was on undercards of bigger fighters, like, you know, one day these guys will be bigger. I mean, if they've already, you know, have titles and have made waves and people know who they are, but I think it's just the beginning. Both these guys are 24 years old. You know what I mean? Yeah. 24 years old. And, um, they're, they're so hungry. You know, they're, they don't have some of the the cockiness that some of the other guys that might have a few you know medals and titles and stuff have with them. Um, sure, they they're confident, but exactly like you said, afterwards they both didn't say, "Yeah, I would have tapped in five more minutes." There wasn't that bravado. <laughs> it was I don't know. And I bet if next metamoris, they said, "Hey, let's have these guys fight again." They'd compete again. They'd go just as hard. And uh, yeah. I don't know. I was really impressed with both these guys. I was happy. And I liked that, that in the post pressure
1: They also said because I asked them what it was like to go first on a crazy card like this. yeah. What the hell, like, what is that pressure to be that first match on a Metamorris card?
0: That's got to be difficult, too, especially with Bravo crazy at the end of it. I I agree. What was their response? That is a good question. Sean said
1: uh, a little later, uh, I'll backtrack in a second, but Sean said later that it was an honor just to be on the card, so he didn't give a shit. But both of them (laughs) really liked going first. They like being able to set the tone for the evening uh, because they're the ones who I, I think in a certain way they also were alluding to the fact that they also wanted to sit there and see the rest of the car because they're yeah. in such fans of everybody else. Um, but it's funny because you're looking at these two guys who both are similar in more ways than people were crediting them as being because everybody kept saying like, oh, man, Zach's so traditional. Oh, man, Sean, he's so – like different than what Zach's bringing into the game. But like in certain ways, I think their styles actually really complement each other. And even their philosophy of like, yeah, let's go first and fucking sh-
3: beat the shit out of this card. I agree a hundred percent. I think they were a lot alike. And they're both dynamic. They both are high energy. Neither of them wanted to stall. They both went for the attack. Both went for multiple attacks, went for multiple positions. So even though maybe, you know, Zach is quote unquote traditional, he still was doing barrembola, you know what I'm saying? Like that's yeah. not a "quote unquote" traditional thing, you know what I mean? And I don't know. I think it was, it was, it was excellent. You know, to tell you what, the flexibility and leg work that Sean had to try and prevent the passes—so true, like so good. Like the dexterity, because Zach's a good passer, so that says something. Yep. That, you know, Sean was able to hold him off for so long, and, and I, was, I was really impressed by both of the guys. It was, it was a great way to start off the event.
0: He just kept curving that foot over, yeah. just curving it over from the half gu- from half guard on the bottom. And it's like, God damn, oh, does that work? That's, that's a- all you have to do? <laughs> I <laughs> will I- never know because
3: my, <laughs> ne- <laughs> my <laughs> knees <laughs> don't
0: go that way, man. Oh, good stuff. Uh, Michi, any final notes? We'll give you a, a final note moment on this fight. Uh, I just say I'm
3: just glad that Metamorris did. I mean, obviously, you want to have the big names on the card, um, but I do think it's great to go ahead and give opportunities to people who aren't just homies, but also really can put on a, a good show and are, you know, good for the sport and are going to have a future in the sport. So um, I'm just hats off to Metamorris for having these guys on the card.
1: Sweet. And uh, what have you been up to? Tell us what's going on with BJJ Training Journal next. We saw your Doctor Jets thing. Yeah. Oh, shit. That's it's amazing. Great. We love that. If, if next- you
0: haven't seen it, check out uh, just YouTube, BJJ Training Journal. You can see the Doctor Jits. It's amazing.
3: Yeah, you can actually also search for Doctor Jits. Dr. Period J I T S. Uh, pretty much the whole premise is I bring on a different Doctor Jits every episode, which is they give a diagnosis of like what's what's your problem, like with your your hips aren't low enough. Or you releasing a collar, whatever problem you having in jiu-jitsu. and then the prescription they fix it. So um, the first one was me and uh, my friend Brent Berniston, who's a Jean Jacques Machado. Awesome. Yeah, he's, he's a solid dude, and um, he's showing a, a tip on how to pass a De La Hiva guard because De La Hiva is popular, right? So a whole bunch of them were lined up. I got you um, know Shembris going to be on some of them. My friend Perry is going to be on them. Steve Magdaleno, um, you know Aaron Briley, John Owano. I mean, a lot of guys have really given their time to to uh, participate in this web series, and uh, uh, there's a, a couple other guys that might hopefully be on Doctor Jit coming up here. If I can, um, you guys have any ideas who special uh, guest? I don't. Uh, that's weird. I I don't I, know. No who. one comes
0: to mind that I know. Really? I
3: I mean, I need a white belt and a blue belt, actually. If if you know <sighs> oh, anyone. That's,
0: oh. Let's see what he's doing. Okay,
3: I think it's anyways, keep here. a look out. I have a, I have a feeling we're going to have a couple more characters. <laughs> we'll let you know when we run into two
1: of
0: them. Yeah, if I it's see gonna really blue belts weird training, I'll let you. It's going to be really
1: weird. To just, know. you know, call out a gyms white and blue belt. <laughs> I need Help, please. I need a pair. Yeah. <laughs> you need a pair but... It's not
0: like they're the two most common belts. Oh yeah. Either. No gym is equipped with a plethora of You know yeah. the
1: terrible part about this is right now that we're going to have a plethora work of on our people cover. <laughs> yes we have a plethora of people who are going to try and take our spots that he's offering to us kevin like i know i know we're being be dicks like, about it idiots. it's like
0: oh wait we just yeah <laughs> we just make like, this is easy you just laid out the eight reasons <laughs> i can replace you
1: uh amici has very nicely offered for kevin and i to do one of these and uh i believe i will be at some point so you guys will get to see my amazing mess-ups and even better than my mess-ups me commentating about my mess ups, which is I'm looking forward to that, infinitely more funny. <laughs> watching me compete, which by
3: itself is funny. Scotty Nelson actually was uh, helped me out on one of them too. He was the the Uki, the the grappling dummy for for Nino. That's awesome. So yeah, so you have a good uh good cast. You'll be among <laughs> illustrious. I, cast me teams. and Scotty. Oh my! Not even in the same sentence. <laughs> <laughs> I needed to delete that.
1: But no. Uh, yeah. Amici, you know, you're always so good to us. We want to make sure that people check out BJJ Training Journal. We can't thank you enough for coming on over to the podcast again and talking metamorphosis with us. Uh, You always bring such great passion. I I hope that things are going well for the site, and uh, you always need to stay in touch with us because you're a good guy.
3: I love you guys. You're awesome. You give me a lot of support and fun to talk to. So uh, I'll definitely see you guys again.
0: BJJ Training Journal. Thanks, Amici. Right on, brother.
1: Alright, so one of the great things about being a really respected and credible
0: journalist, Kevin... Um, I wouldn't know, so I I assume you're talking about someone else. Uh,
1: I wouldn't either, I'm just... uh, Yeah, I've I've heard that. You don't know. Mm -hmm.
0: (laughs) But maybe like a rumor, or you were at Metamoris, so maybe like people talking in the restroom, credible Sure, I was kind of like, that Rafa Esparza, he's a credible (laughs) (laughs) journalist. Is
1: that you get to have good friends in the BJJ community who are doing good things... And we here are never short on good friends, which is why we were able to call up our pal, Monte Wiley, to go ahead and talk with us about one of the matchups at Metamorphs. Uh, we have him helping us out with covering the Samir and Ghee fight. Please say a warm welcome to Monte. Monte, how you doing today, man?
5: I'm doing great. How are you guys doing?
0: We're stoked you're on here. I was saying Monte, I think, is the coolest guest name. That we've ever had on the podcast. I think Monte's up there. I like that name a lot. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. That's the first time I think I've complimented a name as my <laughs> first on air thing. Monte, talk to. Well, how do you know Monte, Raf? Where's this relationship? Uh, context.
1: Unfortunately, I was introduced to him via my BJJ podcast arch nemesis, Paul Moran. Oh yeah, I love Paul. Yeah, nobody likes Paul. <laughs> But
0: uh, we I like, we've got... I like Paul. Oh, God, spare Paul. me. Paul's the nicest. Paul's so <laughs> fucking
1: nice. He's a great guy. He knows jujitsu. His podcast is only eight hours long. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> but the cool thing about Monte is that, like, I've I really respected his work. He writes really cool articles. And, uh, you know, he, he put out a really cool article. If you guys haven't checked it out, we'll go ahead and link it on our uh, our site when we do the write-up. But a really cool results recap of Metamorris. And speaking of which, uh, Monte, if you wouldn't mind telling us, you know, what was your expectations for this match?
6: Pretty much, um, I, I honestly I expected um, the match to go a little bit longer just because these two fighters, they've had, a, I would say, like about over like counts of battles in the past where they pretty much been able to go 10 minutes long. Mm. Some um going in um a lot of them going in geese paper, but they've been able to go like over ten minutes long at like IBGF tournaments. Mm-hmm. So I expected it to go I didn't expect it to end like in six minutes. That was totally surprising. I think it was the quickest um it actually was the quickest submission that that day of Metamorris.
0: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh now do you think it was because and I guess I'm curious what your guys' interpretation is, it felt like Samir Shantri really shot after that inverted... It was sort of like a reverse mount or a reverse guard, which is, you know, kind of giving up your back. But it looked like he went for the knee bar, and when he missed it, that was kind of it.
6: Yeah, it was... Yeah, because they ended... Like, well, I noticed when, um, when, they, when they first started off, he had ended up on the bottom, and then that swamble the sweep, that's how um Samir ended up in that position. So once you end up in that position, it's kind of like kind of like a go-or-broke go type of thing, and Samir so we kind of broke, and that's how he was able to pass his guard and go to his trademark uh, baseball
0: choke. Boy, he set that thing up beautifully. It yeah, felt like... He was,
6: yeah, and he was just um, just waiting for it. He was just waiting for like the entire time, and he was just able just to keep forward the submission, and
5: he executed beautifully.
1: What do you think was his uh, modification? Like, what do you think was it that was telling him how to modify it and to actually close that? Because the first time you saw that Ghee was def- or I'm sorry, you saw that Samira was defending it, and then there was a very quick modification where you go, "Shit, this is going to be over very quickly." Well, it
6: was. Well, it seemed like from when I when I was there and I saw it, it was it was that first grip that had it in. So as long as you keep that first grip in with the um with any choke, whether it's a cross talk choke from the mound or that baseball choke, you can just keep grinding in, grinding in, grinding in, and just keep circling around. And that's pretty much what he did during the whole fight.
0: One
1: thing that I think that is a shame because uh, at the press conference I did ask him about the modification, and it's a shame that the press conference hasn't gone up yet because. In true Mendes brother fashion, he gave me the most comprehensive answer and looked like when I asked him, like, how did you modify that? He lit up, like, I would like to tell you all about it. And okay. And like, it just totally made him super happy that somebody was interested in knowing how it adjusted. But it is cool because I think everybody can relate to that. Were you surprised in terms of... uh, just you know, how quickly it all went down too, but I think you alluded to the fact that it, it was very quick to see a difference in both speed and power and technique. Was that something that you were expecting? Was it the same result that you thought it would be?
6: I, I expected to be a fast paced fight. I just um it just it just seemed like Samir was just on the defensive the whole time and just from like previous um, encounters I've seen him, he's been able to do a lot of stuff with Geek. But this time, it was all Guy Mendes. And I guess another dynamic is I think he was probably more prepared for the format that Metamore had as opposed to um, IBJJF. And even Samir I said himself like it was a great experience, but he could have done a lot better, he felt.
0: Yeah, he also – and this happens. You know, it happens sometimes when you get to the mats that maybe you don't feel quite at your best. And in uh-huh. jiu-jitsu, like anything else, and that's just kind of Samir – even from the look, he just didn't look like he was quite where he wanted to be physically. And as you've mentioned, I mean, we've seen Samir go 10 minutes with a lot of people. But I, again, was at least impressed that we saw him attack a submission. He attacked the knee bar. He missed on Gee And that's kind of what happens when you miss.
6: Yeah, exactly. Go, go for broke. And unfortunately, I felt he could have at least um, done a lot more with the bottom with that. Like let go of that, um, not go for the... Um, knee bar too much
2: mm-hmm.
6: and probably play like a bottom game more to keep um getting more be more like advanced into what the guard has but when he did that knee bar it was just that was it
1: man and i do love the fact that afterwards samir and the presser was also saying you know no excuses he was prepared to have that kind of a match and the training was there it was just it didn't work and i i like that response from him dude is super chill, super cool. How do you think that that match played in the overall scheme of Metamoris? Were you happy to see a submission like right off the back?
6: Honestly, I thought I was going to see a submission during the um, the opening bout with um, with Robertson and uh, Maxwell, mm. Those two are really good with submissions. Yeah. But I was I was totally surprised. Um, I thought it would end. I was totally surprised to see like a submission happen that quick. But I expected it to happen to either from one of those guys. In that
1: match. Who do you think would have gotten the submission in the first round, or who do you, or in the first matchup between uh, Sean and Zach? Did you have somebody beforehand uh, cl- closing that one out?
6: <clears throat> well, a lot of people might not know uh, Zach Maxwell, but I know I know Zach Maxwell since um, he was a pro. But I've seen him come up, and I also thought Zach was going to get that um, get that submission
0: on Sean. Hmm. We actually had the chance to talk to Zach and then seeing him fight it was uh he's he's a killer. He was close. He was very close on a few of those uh with the armbar especially. Yep, yeah,
6: especially when he got that mount, I was like, "Oh, that's it." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh
0: though one big highlight the Samir Shantri, I thought he had really gotten out of the baseball choke too and this is also a compliment to ghee. Uh crazy hold. To come back and get that baseball after Samir did the rollout, that was uh, high level shit on display. Yeah, yeah, I think that's what I was thinking myself. I was like, oh, he got, he got, like, oh, he's out. Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit! <laughs> the fight's about. Wait, no, hold on. He still got the baseball. Raf, did he say it? Did he give any gems that would be usable in my own game at the press conference, or no? Uh, You know, I have to decipher the whole press conference because I think for as, like, quiet and humble as
1: these two were, they were the most talkative, second, of course, to Eddie. Uh, But it was surprising just because they were so, like, their answers were so complete, and they were the jujitsu answers that you would love to hear. Um, So that's definitely something that was, like, really cool to be a part of and and see and hear. Now, Monte, I have to ask this. You're going from... Yesterday's event To maybe uh-huh. the second biggest event In all of sports entertainment What event would that be this week?
6: I want to Well, I know rest, I know. It's, mine is WrestleMania what's the first event you're talking about?
1: Oh, so you would put WrestleMania over <laughs> Metamorris
6: uh, I mean, I'm not going to get in trouble With a lot of the guys But, uh y- Yep <laughs> 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 I love the <laughs> I'm going to get in Same trouble way.
0: with jiu guys, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can you explain why that is to you before
1: the the drones and masses come after us for that?
6: <laughs> it's just that I've had a, a longer longevity with the WWE since five years old, so I got to put the, the veterans on top first. <laughs>
1: That's fair. Now, I have to ask this. What was the piece of advice I said for you to with any person wearing a championship belt?
6: Any person wearing a championship
1: belt, be on guard 24-7. Not just be on guard. You can attack them. Because if they <clears throat> are over the age of 18 and are proudly sporting a Kmart bot championship belt, you have the ability to take them on in a match. You're
6: like, I just, just
1: got to find a referee. Oh, <laughs> that's the beautiful part about wrestling fans. They will referee. Like, someone will run in and count for you or ask for the submission. And here's the thing, and Kevin, this is the most disappointing part. This is the saddest part to me was. I asked him if he had a finishing move, and he said he didn't. As a BJJ purple belt, you don't have a submission move that you can't transition. You should have
0: seven. (laughs) You should have seven.
6: (laughs) Yeah, because, you know, I was thinking about that, and I've I've actually came over to submission, probably I'll say my favorite from the side control guard stroke because I'm submitting them and pinning them on the mat at the same time. So it's kind of like I'm doing double, making you know, double the pain. <laughs>
1: I'm thinking double about it now. Yeah. And, you know, I'm going to expect a full report from that. So be sure to keep us up to date. And you also were one of the guys behind the Grapple-Thon. Uh, you want to talk to us a little bit about that?
6: Yeah, sure. Um, I started Grapplethon over a year ago. And since that time, um, this one idea I had just to help my friend out, his family, on uh, my friend uh, Russell in that pathway over a year ago, that one small idea had just transferred over to just about four rafflesons now. And uh, I say about two weeks ago, we had we just had a rafflecom for um, Dana Moore, had sixty-seven people, we raised about two thousand five hundred dollars for them and people donations. That's awesome. Um, and almost <clears throat> and almost everyone walked away with a raffle gift. So. It was a great event, I look forward to having more and thanks to Dana for letting me have it, um Optimus for letting me hold it and um Winkley for helping me out for this one.
1: And I gotta say, I was uh, really sad I wasn't able to, to attend it, but for you what can you describe what it is about the three hundred person challenge?
6: Okay, the three hundred person challenge is um it's just another extra way to make money from um, the charity. So someone an uh, anonymous person by the name of uh, L Atnam, I can't reveal his actual name, mm-hmm. had donated had donated three hundred dollars, and he said if the group of people can do over three hundred rolls grand total or more, he'll donate three hundred dollars. So we had people sign up like for saying they're gonna do thirty rolls. Some did twenty, some did over thirty, and we end up going like over I think grand total we had was like three hundred twenty-five. That's amazing. They were, they were, was
0: able to get the extra 300 for Dana. Dude, that's that's really cool. I, I, really I like love that. the Grapple-thon. I really do. I love that concept. I love it. It's a cool thing.
6: Yeah, it's been, a, it's been one of the funniest things in my whole jiu-jitsu journey.
1: So. Well, that's I been, think the, the community responds really well to that sort of thing, and uh, I hope you know that you have an open invite to come back and let us know however we can help spread the word about these uh, Grapple-thons because – It's a good cause. We like that you're doing them, and and we hope you continue doing them, quite frankly, man. Sure, thank you, and hopefully you guys can make it down. (laughs) I'm probably closer, unless you get one out in Virginia for Kevin, but uh, I will tell you this. I will make it down to one and be someone's uh, crash test dummy (laughs) to beat me up for the progressive amount of times that they are required to, but... No, man, I I love the concept and I was really bummed I couldn't make it out. Every time you hosted them, I have either a wedding or a Mexican family function. (laughs) Or both. Uh, Believe me, dude. We drove. Well, well, we drove by Laguna or Laguna on our way down to San Diego for the wedding, and I'm like, I looked at my girlfriend, I go, I could probably still sneak away. But yeah man, well, you know what? We thank you so much. We hope you have a great time at WrestleMania. Uh dude, your analysis is is so sweet and your fucking write up is is legit and solid. We can't thank you enough for stopping by with us. We look forward to having you back on the podcast sometime very soon, man.
0: Hey, thank you so much for having me. Uh, I really enjoyed myself, with you guys. Thank you, Monte. <laughs>
1: Okay, these aren't strangers. This is a stranger, stranger
0: parade. Strangers. Just bring Come on, on strangers on the podcast.
1: These are friends of the podcast. And uh, the next folk uh, that we are bringing on, good guy. Uh, I train with him, so you got to know he's good, right? He's certainly in the middle,
0: at least. Exactly.
1: He if He's better than me is not really a statement that carries much weight, but he is. Uh, and I was fortunate enough to uh, get to go catch the event with him and... Uh-huh. Uh, I'm going to tell you this right now, Kevin. He asked the best question during the press
0: conference. No shit. Yep. And Don't
1: we'll you we'll like talk throw about throw a back.
0: verbal tap shirt on him real quick. That was just like, hey, oh, claimed.
1: Man. I can tell you this right now. He Patch. is the proud recipient of a proud new verbal tap T-shirt. Please welcome <laughs> to our podcast, Alex Perez. Alex, how you doing, man?
5: Hey, how's it going, guys? Kevin Raff.
0: Alex, I, you were close enough. You saw the event. Was it as much better in person as I think it
5: was? It was intense. I mean, for a second, I thought a riot might break out right there. It was so (laughs) awesome.
0: (laughs) And you are here to help us review what I think is a rather interesting match, the Dean Lister versus Babalu. No gee. That's right. Oh, yeah. So Babalu was sponsored by Grips. Did anyone catch that? Did you uh, you know, see I didn't... What he was, I, I wasn't sure. It was blurry.
5: I, yeah, he was. It was a little small. From head to toe. Okay. Oh, oh yeah.
0: Okay. He should have just had it tattooed and completed yeah. the whole
5: outfit. <laughs> Alex, if I can ask
1: real quick, what was your like preconceived notion about this match going into Metamorous?
5: Uh, Going into it, I mean, I was definitely a lister I mean, heavy listener favorite. And dude, from the get-go, I was like, yeah, there's no way this is going to go past, you know, i say 10 minutes. That was my, going into it, that was my prediction.
0: I actually would completely agree with you. Even as the fight started, that's about what it looked like. Yeah. Okay, so the fight Um, starts, how
1: do you see it playing out in your brain? Like, what is your recollection of that fight?
5: uh, Fight starts, um, Dean and uh, Babalu, they play the stand-up game, but, you know, Babalu's got great stand-up and, you know, and good uh, wrestling defense, especially, you know, his MMA days. He was definitely a striker, you know, or a sprawl and brawl kind of guy. But great jujitsu, don't get me wrong. But, uh, yeah, first couple minutes, played the stand-up game. Kind of, uh, Dean kind of said, you know what, let's get the action started, and he sat on his butt. He said, you know, <laughs> kind of like, all right, let's go.
1: Now, at this um, point, do you start to get a little nervous that we might be going the way of uh, Shab?
5: <laughs> you know what? I did. Especially, I, I thought Babalu was going to start shopping at first. <laughs> I was like, He looked oh, like man. he might.
0: He honestly looked like he might. There
1: was a split second that it looked very dangerous, but I knew once we got past that moment, I was like, this is already better than Metamorphs 2, just in this
0: one moment. <laughs> they're touching.
5: <laughs> they are
0: touching.
5: Way better. Definitely, They definitely weren't getting any booze, that's for sure.
0: Here's what you guys missed on the telecast. Or wait, could you hear Kenny Florian and Jeff Glover?
1: Think about that for a yep. second, Kevin.
0: Could you? I'm genuinely asking. It's unclear if they were speaking out loud into the audience or not.
1: You would hear the commentary during a match. Do, do, like, are you thinking that through?
0: I honestly, Raf. if you're, I had thought about this, it's entirely possible that they had, like, microphoned it to be also playing out. They were doing some weird back-and-forth production things where it was hard to tell if they were part of the audience or part of the telecast. Dead But Kevin,
1: how would you feel if, like, during one of your competition matches, you just hear, like, very quietly in the background?
0: Okay, sorry, Jeff Glover kept, like, stopped talking. (laughs) Like, he kept, like, shushing and going down and being like, oh, I better not say that too loud. So to my defense, I'm justified here, but all all Jeff Glover was—that's what I'm saying. Like they informed us that they had to be quiet multiple times because they were worried about giving something away.
1: Maybe that's for positioning of where they were near the mat. <laughs> I don't, we I go don't into know. those things. I'm it? just
0: saying, go fuck yourself with your condescending. Think about no. That. I'm completely, completely justified, <laughs> and more importantly,
1: I love that in your brain. They're like, did they silent disco you and give you headphones so that you could listen to the commentary?
0: They well that would have been awesome too. I hadn't thought I didn't see any headphones in the area. But Jeff Lover <laughs> was basically just talking about how good and old Dean Lister is. That was basically okay. what he was talking about, and, and would not was going on over just probably probably the hardest guy to submit in the world, easily it's the true. hardest guy to submit in the world. But he he had like two or three things written down for each fight, and he mm-hmm. really stuck to those notes.
1: so for you, Alex, when you're watching this and you see Dean Lister. Uh, the one thing I, I noticed that I like to always say about, about him, not only is he the one who kind of pushes the match, but he dictates if he's bored or not and lets the audience know and has a great sense of playing with that. Um, what was your perception about when you saw him kind of dictating the early part of the match?
5: At first, you know, we kind of see, you know, he, he right after he uh, went for that heel hook, that Babalu was great at escaping. You know, after that, it got a little stale. And you could see it, you know, he, was, he wasn't he was trying to necessarily make it a quick show, I think. I think he really wanted to give us a good, crazy match, you know. Mm-hmm. But it kind of takes two to tango, so he kind of started playing around. And, I mean, there was a few times, man, where, you know, you could see him kind of look at the crowd, see him kind of give these, like, little facial expressions that kind of got you laughing. And then even at some point he was like, Hey man, here's my foot dangled it right right in his face, (laughs) Here it is. You know you want it. Come on. No Can you do me a favor?
1: Do me a favor and say the best thing he said at the press conference.
5: Oh man, at the press conference he's like, Man, it's not like the old days, you know, I used to tell guys, please take my foot take my foot so I can leg lock the shit out of you. like, that only worked for about two years, then people got wise to it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, you know, Deeds put it on a good show for all of us. It's going, re- like, he reads the audience so well that he's more interested, I think, in giving you a great show rather than finishing early, which is what it looked like. But was there a moment, and did you get to ask him uh, a little bit later about clarifying... If he was just doing things intentionally, like giving up something,
5: you know what he he was saying that you know he um, he was definitely playing around. He uh, he even joked at one point at one point during the match. I was like, "Look at him, man! He's so confident. He's just giving up side control, like he's a monster." Yeah. Then later on, we're talking. He's like, "Actually, there was a funny part there. I was screwing around so much. I moved my hips at one point." as he was simultaneously passing and he got side control, I was like, oh shit, that's what I get. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought that, that was pretty funny that, you know, he's like, oh, well, all right, this is what I got now. Let's go.
0: So where are <laughs> you know, we at on the how scale of like, is Dean Lister not submittable? Is it possible
5: he's you know, not? You know what? I, I think he's, uh, He's definitely up there in the uh, the list of those, how do you tap that guy out? Just like Hoyler, Like, how do you tap that guy out? Like, how do you oh, tap shit. out Bean, man?
1: But, Kev, we did this. We did a little talking post-match where we're like, well, chokes are out, right? Because <laughs> no look not. at the man's neck.
5: They're so to to just shoulder. shoulders sure... and chin. Shoulders, traps, chin. That's it, man.
1: I'm pretty sure when you try and, like, reach and uh, start trying to set up a choke, you get choked out. You get locked. Yeah, you get locked. I don't know, but I thought it was so interesting to watch his game. Kevin, what was your takeaway from home when you were watching, especially toward the end when Babalu was mounting more of an offense?
0: It clearly felt like Dean Lister was in control in the sense that the fight was really going wherever he wanted it to. Mm. Babalu, I think, was doing a better job than we thought was possible at evading him, but otherwise... I don't know. I never felt like Babalu was really on the offensive. It just felt like Dean Lister was trying to, just trying to engage him more and more. That was really it. I mean, I'll- good fight though. High action in the sense that it really did. This whole fight card, and especially this fight, it just seemed to embrace that idea that people really like those two to three minute high octane exchanges, and then they were perfectly fine taking a twenty second break. Like, right yeah. in the fight. They were just taking a break. And this fight especially. They would stop. They would high-five. They would, like, stare at each <laughs> other for, like, 10 to 15 and then re Yeah. And it was, I, I was I like into the, it. I dug it. I thought it was great. I, You
1: know, I started comparing uh, a little bit of Dean's game to that of a master storyteller. Like, he just has a great sense of what makes a better and more complex build for a narrative. So he's just like, you know what? It'd be pretty cool if I got out of this side control.
0: What a beautiful way to say that I would concur <laughs> her and agree. Yes. And he did seem to put himself in progressively harder situations to escape. Sure. And uh Alex, if you can
1: clarify this for me, you know, towards the end, the uh, describe the celebration that Babalu had versus maybe the reaction from Dean at the end of the match.
5: Oh, man, Babalu, I mean, he definitely looked like he accomplished something. Like, oh, sweet, he survived. <laughs> you know, Dean, Dean, I think, was more worried about the crowd. I think that was his biggest, like, focus was, you know, hey, you know what, like, hope you guys had a good show, you know. Like, he didn't seem too disappointed. Like, I think he knew what he was doing, you know. That was my take on like like, it, like, as far as the celebration.
0: That and the obvious. Hey, did Babalu say anything at the press conference?
1: He wasn't there.
0: Not there at all. Just doesn't. No, did they, I, hold no, on. Babalu. I'm going to answer my own question, but did they tell you why or that he wasn't coming? <laughs> what? <laughs> okay. <laughs> nice. I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> That's sorry. Nice. But, yeah. I'll be here all night, folks. Just telling jokes. And you uh, know, okay.
1: The weird thing is, is
0: like, we. They actually
1: paired up him and Keenan, I think, for what I like to call a power panel. What is a power panel? I think,
5: panel yeah, I think uh, Raph, you had one of the best questions when you asked, like, "What's it like uh, being next door to?" A, was it like a really good-looking guy like Dean Lister right there?
1: Oh man, I wish I could take credit for that, but you know who I actually asked that one? <laughs> Fucking Travis Nawaza, who. In a full tuxedo, Kevin. I don't know if you saw
0: photos. (laughs) Why was he in a tuxedo? Oh, man,
1: yeah. Walked up to Keenan and was just chatting with him while we're in the middle of a press conference. And they're trying to figure out if somebody's going to come up with him. And they're like, all right, let's put Dean with him at the same time. And uh, Travis is just talking in his ear. And because he looks like a fucking guy in a tux, no one's questioning him or even caring to, like, stop him because he looks <laughs> like he could also be Keenan's butler, which, by the way, if we can make that shit happen, let's make that happen. Let's uh, get but a he picture that oh.
0: says Keenan has a new butler. I can make that meme tonight. <laughs> That's awesome.
1: Um, you know, and, and I think we kind of want to close out the conversation with uh, just this last thing, and, and the one thing I did get to ask Dean uh, in the press conference was, how important is it to really fight like a little guy he made this big point in the post press uh or the post moment interview with kenny where he's saying you know it's really important to me to fight like a little guy and we got to ask him to explain a little bit about that is that something that you see that he at least brings that excitement because the one thing i liked about this fight was that they were always pressing forward
5: you know what he only because of the movement that he brings into it yeah definitely I mean, I think he's very well-rounded. I don't think he just fights like a big guy. Can he fight like a big guy and dom- dominate? Totally. But does he like the movement? Does he like, you know, push you know, keeping a good pace and kind of going, you know, all right, let's go. Let's keep moving. Keep moving. Let's go. Why are you stopping? I don't like this, you know. He he definitely, where it's smart for him to play like that, he'll definitely play. He'll play like a little guy. Mm. I think he plays like you a know, gorilla. But <laughs> back in 2005, when he fought John Jobs he, he definitely wasn't fighting like that.
1: Yeah, I told uh, I told Alex on the ride home. I was like, he kind of reminds me of his fighting style like a sleepy bear that you've woken up from hibernation.
0: <laughs> but is super not excited <laughs> about fighting. But
1: is like, do you have honey? Uh, get away! Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs>
5: yeah, this, you, you could definitely see the age in this one. I'm like, ooh, this, yeah, it's definitely not old school Dean lister like he used to be. <laughs> You saw him back when he was, like, tapping out Nate Marquardt in Abu Dhabi. That was, like, a Dean Lister that just... Cared. Not one of (laughs) them.
1: Now, I'm going to close with this, uh, uh, Alex. Um, What does this uh, do for you in terms of where do you see these guys going next? What's next for Babalu? What do you feel is next for Dean? And keep in mind that Babalu, in his post-press interview, said he... really committed back to jiu-jitsu. So what do you think it means for both of them after this?
5: Um, for Babalu, I, I definitely think it means he's uh, he's might start jumping back into the tournament circuit, you know? I've definitely seen him at a few tournaments uh, this last year. You know, he, I think he did, um, was it Masters World? He was at, mm-hmm. you know? So I definitely think that's what it means for him, kind of maybe even, you know, doing a lot more gi events. Um, as far as Dean Lister goes, I mean... I'm sure he's still going to keep, you know, fighting as long as and grappling. He was talking, you know, even possibly MMA again. You know, that he said that, you know, he said, mm, I'm still open to that. But, uh, personally, you know, I, I got to ask him, you know, because, uh, my dream fight was, uh, him and Paul Harris. You know, and there was so much talk of that going on, but he said, you know what, that's the ball's in now. Uh, Paul Harris's court. I mean, it
1: it might not be, and I don't know if you went home to read this, but yesterday he wins his fight, Paul Harris, and has another questionable leg lock release.
0: No fucking way.
1: Yes, and I haven't seen it yet. I can't discuss it uh, from that level, but just seeing the headline where you read that, especially after we talked with Dean, I go, you know what? I don't think Dean gives a shit about any of that. I think he's crazy enough to be like, "Let's just fucking do it."
5: I uh I saw the I saw the uh the Paul I just saw the end clip of it. I didn't think he held it on for, you know. I think the one in the UFC was definitely the one that was like, "Yeah, dude, come on, let it go already." Sure. <laughs> the one the one last night, I think he was all right. He wasn't too bad. Good. I I'm mean, glad he wasn't too bad. That'll be the
0: T-shirt quotation he uses, <laughs> Alex. He, he, Paul Hart's is going to contact you and be like, "Thanks for the positive press, man." Right. So and you're
5: going like, because while... like you... <laughs> I'm a fan, man. I'm definitely a fan of these guys. I <laughs> finish, you know." Yeah. Like, yeah, like, do, do I do I want you to tear the guys' leg like, off? Oh, no, you know, of course not. <laughs> but I'm happy that you won. Like,
1: <laughs> <laughs>
5: way to go, man. <laughs>
1: I love it uh alex i gotta ask who can we help shout out for you today
5: um you know what definitely wanna shout out to uh to all my uh team members at uh, john jock machado's in tozanna um, uh yeah, you know that you know it's pretty it's pretty well known to uh to some some circles <laughs> but uh, no yeah definitely a big shout out to uh to my instructor my master John jock machado, who was there. And doing a thing. Um, all the guys at Valley Martial Arts Center rap for, you know, I could go down to train with you guys too. You guys are all great. Um, big shout out to, uh, Submission Fight Co. You know, definitely putting out some great geese. Still one of my favorite geese. And, uh, to, uh, Travis Nawaza for, from Nawaza Pearl. Just, you know, love his stuff and love his tuxedos that he rocks <laughs> like a boss. If you, if you guys watch, uh, Metamorphosis, uh, you'll understand if you see him in the uh, background what I'm talking about <laughs> and that's about it man
1: he's so crazy Alex I can't thank you enough for uh, hooking it up and, and being such a good uh, guy to co-host and, and do all this shit with yesterday uh, it was a true pleasure to get to to experience Metamorphosis with you and uh, I will speak highly of it when years go on that we were like there when that fucking match happened oh and, and hey, wait, wait 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 I can't let you go without giving you credit Kevin he had the best question at the press
0: conference. What was that question? And to <laughs> who?
5: Uh, I mean, I, I, it was an open ended question, but I definitely wanted Hoyler to answer. And uh, he did. I asked him uh, so, how big of a factor were those uh, pants that Eddie wore during the fight? <laughs> and, uh, you know. I looked around, everyone was like, oh, nice question. I'm like, that's right, day one, sitting right here asking the big question. <laughs> and
1: I'll tell you this right now. When he's sitting next to me and I look at him and I go, you better ask that or I'm going to steal it and make it seem as if I'm the smart guy in the room.
5: Oh, man. I, definitely, I If I didn't get Raph's blessing on it, I definitely wouldn't have uh, asked <laughs> it. But when he was like, better ask that question, I'm like, all right. <laughs> And honestly, uh, we'll we'll
1: bring that up a little bit in our, our review of the uh, Eddie Hoyler match, but uh, I just thought it was such a, a great moment uh, in the press conference of, of a great, great question, and one that really made a difference in their match, I think one could say. Oh, yeah, definitely. Well, Alex, I thank you so uh, much okay. for taking... Oh, go ahead, man.
5: No, I just want to say thank you. Thank oh. you, and raf I had a great time, man. We had a blast yesterday. I mean, definitely... Uh, a jiu-jitsu fighter's uh, dream event.
1: That's right, my man. All right, dude. Well, uh, I'm going to go ahead and let you go. We're going to go on to our next match, but thank you again, Alex Perez, the homie,
0: the OG.
5: For sure, Raft Kevin, thanks for having me, guys. That's
0: great stop on the stranger parade. Thanks, Alex.
5: <laughs> All right,
0: guys. I heard on the podcast, and it was like, he goes the journey, bitch. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's... <laughs> If you guys didn't want to go yet, you should have just told me. Uh, we're all ready. So.
1: Okay. <laughs> Good to note. Uh, so, you know, Dean, Babalu, great match. The next match after a whatever intermission, and I don't know what people do. What do you do during intermission, Kevin?
0: Great question, Raph. One of the things I did I can't say publicly because uh, it's not legal, but one of the things I made some popcorn. Okay. Because cool. I had the munchies. <laughs> Well, I can
1: guarantee you, you were nowhere near as high as I was. So that's fine. <laughs> but on the other side, uh, the next match we're actually talking about is Keenan Cornelius versus who was supposed to be Vinny Malholas, but that didn't happen. Oh, Keenan's so I was, hot right now. He's so hot right now. So but now. Uh, turns out he got a new uh, opponent. And I was yes, tipped off did. from our friend. Jaime Gonzalez from BJJ Rants, who we have on the line. Jaime, how are you doing, man?
7: Good, how are you guys?
1: Not bad. By the way, we are so stoked to have you on the podcast. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Jaime is a big, big proponent of us, and as are we of him, but uh, we've we've wanted to get you on the podcast for so long, so how are you doing today, buddy? Good, thanks.
7: I really want to be on your podcast for a long time. Best time right now, I guess.
1: Yeah. I mean, we can't pick a better time than talking about Morris. Fresh after Jiu-Jitsu and,
0: Christmas. It's
1: fresh right. after it. So tell us this. You were the one to tip me off. Where did you first read about uh, Keenan Cornelius having a new opponent?
7: I first saw on Facebook, I believe, it was I Love DJJ mm. saying uh, Vinny's out. So I started looking online to see if that was true or not. Mm-hmm. So I tweeted uh, you guys say, hey uh, – is Vinny even
1: there? <laughs> which, by the way, is the most embarrassing tweet I had to send from Metamores yesterday, which was, I'm here, but I don't know. I saw uh, that tweet. I, and I saw it, like he didn't say what's thing. up to me. So he's here. <laughs> <laughs> so when you hear that Vinny is out, what's going through your mind?
7: It was like WrestleMania all over gamble with Jiu Jitsu. <laughs> Why is that? It, it, it reminds me of those bad, uh, back in the days of the attitude matches, mm-hmm. was Stone Cold would get it with a chair and take an ambulance it was a <laughs> and go to the hospital. The last 10 minutes of the show, you have Stone Cold coming with the ambulance through the ring and just beating them on like Shawn Michaels with Triple H. That kind of feeling doesn't
1: happen. So you thought that Keenan Cornelius got a steel chair and took out Vinny? Yeah. Okay. That could have happened too.
0: Like, Honestly?
1: Uh, Nancy
7: Kerr
0: and Tony Harkin kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, Keenan <laughs> Honestly, just screams, I, I, fuck your face, and ransacks <laughs> him with, like, a barbed wire covered bat. That sounds, <laughs> that sounds awesome. Now, the, <laughs> the weird part to me is I can't confirm or deny any of this,
1: but you know at the very beginning when they take that, like, beginning of class jog around the mat, Yes. And I look up and I go, I don't see Vinny. Oh, shit. It's true. Now, it's one thing to not acknowledge it through the the telecast. and I get that. That's no problem. Like, all of us who are watching live, we have no clue. Kevin, did you have a clue with the broadcast?
0: Uh, I had a clue because of Twitter, not because of the broadcast. The broadcast literally hit it until... The last possible second. They acted like when Kevin K.O. Casey, well, in true WWE fashion, they just did it like a big reveal. Exactly. And that was the weirdest thing because they have the band
1: playing, which is the fucking Coming to America band. Fucking Casey and the
0: Sunshine Band minus Casey and the Sunshine. (laughs) (laughs) So
1: they walk out and you just see this like big black dude walking out with authority like – Hey, what's up, guys? And I'm like, oh, shit, it's true. It is Kevin K.O. Casey. So when you're seeing this, IMA, what do you think in terms of matchup? Do you think that stylistically it's interesting? Are you intrigued by it? Are you confused?
7: I was more confused than anything else. Uh, Ken was more confused than anything. He <laughs> coming out of it like, the guy looks huge. Yeah. How much does he weigh, Kevin Casey? Well, 85, according the, the stats to is, the statistics. <laughs>
0: so. There's no goddamn way. I got several likes when I tweeted out. Uh, P.S. No way Kevin K.O. Casey weighs 185 pounds right now. No chance.
7: Uh, no. It uh, reminds me of the scene from uh, from Friday at the end with
1: uh, Tebow <laughs> coming out. Oh my, oh my god, that's the perfect analogy to that. Oh my god. It's like
0: that's what that's exactly what was going through Keenan's mind too, I think. Like I can't be sure, but I saw his face while he came out and I think it was he was like, Is that that motherfucker from Friday? Who is that?
1: <laughs> Alright, so now we're we're there, they kind of very oddly explain it. Um and then we have a match. So can you walk us through the match? Like uh what was your recollection of the beginning of the match and how did you see it playing out?
7: Um what I remember was a net type clinch and Kevin Casey doing pretty much most of the fight. having really good foot sweeps and mm. putting Kevin um uh, to the floor a lot. Remember, mm. I think three times, is that right?
1: Yeah. Were you
7: surprised by any of that? Uh, a little bit for a guy that size, I would think he would just grow press off the stage. <laughs> so I've never seen personally any of uh Kevin Casey MA fights. So I'm not too sure more of a Is he a top player, a bottom
1: guard player, Mm. or just a striker? Uh, I mean, on on the Ultimate Fighter, he was known as the jiu-jitsu expert. And everybody we talked to from that season, who uh, we're we're pretty good in with, uh, really complimented, said he had the best jiu-jitsu in the house. Tough 17 uh, (laughs) shout-outs. It's one of those things where when he is in the match... Uh, you do very quickly see Keenan realize what the game is. He realizes, all right, let's fucking discard this choice and go somewhere else. And Keenan told us he shot in the first time just to see what his guillotine would be like because he's heard Kevin's got a really good guillotine, not fully committing to it. And that's why those weird like single legs looked a little odd. Uh, but when he really fully committed and realized he knew how to work around that guillotine, that's when he got in and shot in for that double. So that that was really interesting to hear Keenan uh, talk about it because we had somebody asking about his game and he just walked by, and then you know Keenan just goes, "Hey, I'll tell you." So what? that's it's it's a cool moment to see all of that. Now, when you're watching the match, uh, you know what's playing through your mind. Like, do you feel that Kevin? is in it? Like, are you surprised by him?
7: A little bit, you know, he's more of a dark course. The funny thing I, I saw on, I believe Twitter and Facebook was Fernando Laranja, with his little uh, quick remark he always does mm-hmm. was, Baja, being like looks so dark. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs> uh, so, that, that kind of, you know, that's well played. It
7: was, it was very surprising what was going on. It was quite enjoyable because he did. He had a good from watching the Keenan fight. He did pretty well. I was really impressed. Games
0: either I was genuinely shocked by how well Kevin K O Casey. I keep calling him that because that's his Twitter handle, Kevin Casey. For a yeah. grappling event to come in there and go against Keenan, I thought he survived shockingly well. That said, did it – it did feel – and I'll pose this question to you two. You also felt like Keenan was basically in control from start to finish by the only one that felt like he really seemed to be just letting him hang in there?
7: Uh, I would say Mm 50-50. I think they were testing the waters a lot. Mm -hmm.
1: I I thought at the very beginning when Keenan was gauging his power, uh, it was a very quick – Understanding of his game, but I think that once he kind of got a sense of what he would do and and knew what he wouldn't be going for, uh, I don't know if you remember this, Kevin, but I vaguely remembered Kevin wearing a lot of knee braces on the show, yes. And so when I saw Keenan attacking for the legs and the knee, I go, Well, uh, Kevin has a fight coming up in a month, so <laughs> and I he's think Keenan probably not is
0: wildly interested in seeing how this goes. Probably.
1: Yeah, I think if he really sticks to this attack, Keenan knows he'll he'll do it. Um, But it it was an interesting, like, just difference in in size and technique. And and for a while, it looked like it did kind of throw Keenan off, and and rightfully so, because your game plan's out the window.
0: Yeah, it really was. Yeah. Jaime, do you feel like we saw anything from Keenan we didn't know he was capable of in this match?
7: Mm, not really. He was pretty solid. Yeah, I've never seen him get a like that before.
0: <laughs> I, I would say that's exactly how I felt. It was like, yeah, that looks exactly like what I thought Keenan would look like against a high-level traditional grappler. Just very dangerous. Kevin Casey was playing defense from start to finish. Um, never really looked like Keenan was in any danger. No. I liked the no-gi part, though. Again... These fighters seem to embrace they seem to embrace that people really like those quick thick exchanges followed by by like almost a 20 second break on the mats.
1: Yes, no. Uh so yeah. Keenan in the post press conference basically said uh he's still open to fight Vinny. Uh he was very complimentary of him, said that Vinny actually uh let him know as early as Tuesday that he had a staff infection and that he still wanted to try and compete if he could and Keenan said yeah that's fine so they went all the way up to day of event and 2 hours before uh you see that Vinny reveals underneath his i guess his arm like under his armpit kind of area that there was just this giant growth that Keenan described as as big as a baseball oh and uh the way that they described it out on the floor when the announcer uh said he has a severe, severe case of staff.
0: The and announcer go, probably said it like this. Vinny well, has severe, to do that severe staph infection. I think that's unnecessary,
1: infection. Kevin. So people know how he talks, Kevin. Thank you for filling in the blanks. Oh. But when he did that and he said severe, severe, and I was like, well, shit, I was going to say, if it was just severe, he might have fought. But severe, severe, as we all know, is terrible. And uh, that's when they basically did it. So it was like two hours before uh, the fight that all of that really transpired.
7: Huh. That's incredible. I, I just can't imagine being okay to roll staff and yet all the other people were rolling on the same
5: mat.
1: Yes, and that's really also, also a terrible <laughs> choice. And the weird part is at the end of all of that, Keenan did make one kind of plead which was, yeah, I'll fight him again, but you know, I'd really like to try and fight in the gi because I like the gi, and I thought that was kind of an interesting way to leave that part of that conversation. So, uh, mm-hmm. having said all of that, you know, Jaime, what's next for for Keenan? Do you feel
7: uh, next is focusing on by on heavier opponents? You'll be moving up in heavy di- the heavyweight division, I believe. Yep. So that'll probably help him out in the absolute. Especially uh, since the Pan Am had uh, a close fight with Alexander Trans from Alliance, mm-hmm. so I think his goal is to get become a the first or the third American to win the Mundials, mm-hmm. but to be the first American to win a Mundial Absolute Championship,
1: mm-hmm.
8: which is a pretty big goal. No and shit. would
1: you still be interested in seeing him versus Vinny? And if so, would you be interested in seeing him in the Ghee?
7: I would be. uh, I think we counted out Vinny a little bit. I believe two to three years ago, Vinny uh, actually hooked Bushesha and the ultimate absolute in New York. So that was a big surprise, too. Mm -hmm. So if anyone could possibly surprise him, maybe
8: Vinny. Interesting. I I like that
0: prediction. I'm with you on this wholesale, by the way. I think that's very astute. I think uh, Vinny's dangerous. Mm -hmm.
7: He's. No, I would say underdog, but people discredit him. Looking at the Abu Dhabi in two thousand and nine versus Beach of Verdun, mm. He escaped that armbar and you know, ended up winning the finals in that division.
1: Mm. Yep. Well sweet. Um, you know, what was your best takeaway from this particular match? Uh
7: Morris tried to give us a full card and an entertaining card. So everyone wanted if he can. I'm pretty sure last promotion to Keenan was still a brown belt. And he was supposed to fight uh, Victor Estima, but he had a pluck of a knee problem. Mm. So that was a huge draw for this car to appear in Cornelius. So who got to
4: see Keenan.
1: Sweet. All right, my man. Is there anything uh, that we can help you shout out today before we get you on out of here?
7: Uh, Just, you know, go and check out my website, vjrants.com. People uh, should. It's amazing. A- it's good stuff. Thanks. I appreciate it. it's just you know a little thing I do on the side away from training and away from work just to spread out Jujitsu and help people
5: learn about Jujitsu.
0: Well, Jaime, we but that's pretty much it. Appreciate you being on the podcast as part of our uh, well Raps Metamoris Stranger Parade. It's been Thanks, always really fun. It.
7: Hopefully, <laughs> <laughs> hopefully we can do uh, something in the future, maybe a mundial or a uh, five. Playing in the future.
1: Oh, that's oh, not a problem. And you know yeah, what? We'll be talking we, to
0: Jaime again.
1: We'll find an excuse to run into each other and do some nonsense. Because uh, honestly, if you're looking for really cool analysis of of BJJ for both, you know, the avid fan and somebody who's trying to learn more, you you need to go to your site. So BJJRants.com. It's good stuff. Thank you so much, Jaime. We can't thank you enough. My bad.
7: Thank you, man. I appreciate it.
1: Okay, so this next match was a little hard to figure out who we could get to cover it because it's here's not a, easy. It's not easy. It's
0: a, it's, we're in a fucking tight position here.
1: Right. To be very clear, you have one guy named Hoffa, so stress on me, right? That's huge stress. Then you've got Clark Gracie, and you can't have just any commoner talk about the beauty that is Clark Gracie's.
0: No, So we he, had to get the just...
1: best-looking person that we know to oh, commentate yeah. on it, which is BJJ Breakdown's John Evans returning to the podcast again today.
8: It's not Kevin? What the—what? F- what just happened? Dude,
0: don't even think I didn't notice it's not me, but he's <laughs> right. We need someone that brings, like—I um, mean, I'm obviously the better-looking guy, John, but we're talking about, like, while rolling— you keep your composure in a very statuesque way, and that's a skill. Yeah. And uh, we needed someone who was a 10 on that Richter scale of not just composure, but composure during competitive jujitsu. jitsu Kev, uh, real quick. You're the
1: only one. Out of the three of us, who would take the best Clarko Plata photo? Go. Oh, John
0: Evans.
8: There Without we go. Without question.
0: Done. Without question. Come
8: <laughs> on. Oh, thank you. Thank you. It's, it's definitely a skill I've worked at over the years. <laughs> uh, it's like it, you
0: find the light I it's know. embarrassing so yeah. that's why you're here it has nothing yeah. to do with your credentials no, or no. the fact that you run a website called bjj breakdown um, and you can be found breaking down fights in a very instructive way all over bjjbreakdown.com or youtube it's not because of any <laughs> of that
8: definitely it's not, no
0: purely about the baywatch factor john what was your level of expectation for this fight? What were you expecting?
8: For me, um, I was going into it. Uh, I'm, I'm not a betting man, but if I were, we I'd Good put job. my money on one of the two. What? I would have put my money on Hopper Mendez. And I think a lot of other people probably would have as well. Not me. Raph, <laughs> Raph is... is uh, he is a betting man, so. so. I am,
1: but I love that you're saying it like <laughs> in the like nicest exactly way possible. The way you're saying, "Well, <laughs> I'm not a
0: betting man. I I have yeah. played a, a game of parcheesi once. There was once I got tricked into a dice game. I thought it was for charity. I was sorely mistaken. But other than that,
8: no <laughs> it's, betting. Mm-hmm. It's true, Jeff. Uh, it's true. <laughs> I really like the cut of your jib. <laughs> And okay. uh, yeah, so no, but thought- uh, definitely, I think Hoffa was the, the favorite going into this, despite the rather considerable uh, weight disadvantage that he was going into the fight with. I think Clark fights at at least middleweight, so that's what that's one eighty one in the and Hoffa fights at feather, I think, which is one fifty five or something like that. So, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, that's a a big weight difference.
0: It is. It genuinely is. How impressed were you with the speed of the Baron Bolo attack?
8: Uh, You know what? Very impressed. It was ridiculously quick. And the first five minutes was just him kind of dancing all around underneath Clark and it was, he was just attacking. I thought it was going to be over in the first five minutes, honestly, when I first started watching it. Um, but then something even more uh, impressive really stood out to me, and that was Clark's Barambolo defense. Uh, mm-hmm. In fact, I'd never seen anyone stave off uh, a, a back take like that, mm-hmm. especially from Hoppe Mendez, when beautiful. he got that far into it.
0: And in true Clark form, never even really looked nervous.
8: He didn't. It was kind of, it was a little, it was a little disturbing, honestly. It, it made me, so you admitted, I, I really John, worried.
0: <laughs> it's disturbing when your opponent looks remarkably calm during a fight. I just want you to remember that. The eyes in the boulder.
8: <laughs> it is. He, he looked like, at the end too, you could tell Hoffa is, uh worked up a huge sweat. And he was like really actively trying to finish, but uh, Clark will. And then afterwards, Clark had a photo calm. shoot that he went
1: to go do. <laughs> for a day. Well, yeah. yeah. Of course. He was, like, Clark literally finished the match, gets back up, and just like turns his head, and they've already got a light on him. It was a great. You missed it. I I, I wish you could have been there to see the photo shoot. It was quite impressive. Just kind of like. Yeah, it was for
8: Body game. Glove, right? Yeah. <laughs>
1: I don't like that John Evans has become the funniest
0: person on the podcast. No, I've been upset about it for a while. It's pretty annoying. You're the one that keeps inviting him back. Because he's going to hurt me. This is terrible.
1: John, here's the thing. So when you're watching this, was that the biggest surprise? Was it uh, his defense? Or was there anything maybe strategy-wise? Because I had some people who were actually, and get this, they were displeased that Hoffa couldn't finish Clark. Where did you fall in those categories?
8: Um, I wasn't displeased. I mean, Hoffa was really going for it. Uh, Hoffa, a couple of different things. Hoffa looked, Hoffa's known for having ridiculous conditioning. The guy mm. just doesn't get tired of the machine. Even against bigger guys, you know, he looks incredible always. But uh, he was, he looked a little bit tired, at least by midway through the match against Clark, which I was surprised at. I was also, um, you know, I wasn't upset that he couldn't finish Clark. He was really trying. He was trying very hard. He really wanted that finish, um, especially his brother uh, had all the you know, spoiler alert. His brother had already finished uh, his fight against Samir Chantry earlier on. So I'm well, sure the it's pressure not a spoiler for long. the
0: following reasons, John. The fights happened a few days ago. So, people probably mm-hmm. already saw them, and we've already talked about that fight, Kevin, have so... you thought
1: about the fact that he was saying it facetiously?
0: Um was he no i wait, John, do you use sarcasm now
8: um i I don't use that now, okay. but uh, you know, I was, I was thinking about it maybe in the future.
1: I still feel that's being facetious again. Good job, John. Here's the thing that we were interested in, too, is like it was cool to see Hoffa in control so much, but this is a major question for us. Do you think that Hoffa and Ghee would have defeated Clark and Samir in a tag-team jiu-jitsu match?
8: (laughs) Are... Are you going to put up turnbuckles, or is it a cage match? Or what, what are um, you talking here?
0: First of all, John, now I'm not liking the facetiousness <laughs> as much, but we, here was the plan. I don't even know why I'm giving you a real answer, but this <laughs> what we thought, we've thought about it. Okay, we are going to do, yeah. like, the Zach Morris timeout so, you, so each team gets, like, four. That way they can stop it at any given position, and then, you know, I, as long as Hoyler's not involved, you just go into the exact position that your partner was in um, <laughs> or we true. go to the photo replay, which has got to be the first time that's ever happened in jujitsu history, by the way.
8: Yeah, it totally is. It, it, that is honestly the best thing that ever happened though. Seriously. Like stop bitching about this position and this grip. Like just look at a picture of it and then show <laughs> your mouth. That was great.
1: And they did it real I quick. I take a moment to thank the crowd for yelling out <laughs> replay. <laughs> <laughs> did they? They did, and I think they willed it. I'm not sure yeah, if they I'm not sure you, you could, could hear instant it. replay or if it was just replay because I'm so fucking contact
0: high out of my fucking mind. It was replay. It was, was it replay. replay? Okay. You, could, you could hear people yelling go to the camera, but on the broadcast we already had. Mm. We had actually already like they had showed us in slow mo and everyone was like, uh What's Hoyler doing? (laughs) (laughs) It's just like, uh, Hoyler, you weren't in the cradle. Like, you weren't on top. Like, what are you thinking right now? But, John, the important thing
1: to note is Clark, Samir, were both on our podcasts and made it very clear they were prepared and had been training for that. So I'm saying to you, don't tell us we're crazy when they're the ones who told us about it.
8: yeah I mean <laughs>
0: you know you like that format too time out and then just switch people that's cool right
8: uh yeah that that would be i'm I'm sure that they would <laughs> uh, if they you know they' like, prepared not really. no you know you that's could do it like in you know maybe like a like a blood sport type thing or they do it in like a half empty pool or something too it would be Yeah, because then you you never know. Like, is it going to go to the taller guys because they can move around better? Or maybe the little guys have adapted to the water.
0: Think about how much fun that would be for BJJ Breakdown, though. It's like, and Clark Gracie has called one of his four Zach Morris timeouts. They are switching out with Shamir into the bottom half guard position. And they are resuming fighting. Here we go. Uh, That would be fucking awesome. It, it would
8: be, yeah, definitely. You
0: can use that. So, who do you think's going to
8: win? So what?
0: Which team? Do you like the Mendez brothers, or do you like the uh, Gracie Chantry?
8: Oh, man. Gracie
0: attackers.
8: That, that's a tough one. That is a tough one. Oh, I... I, hmm, I I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm going to give it – got to go with Mendez Brothers on that because there's they've already got, like, a team thing going on, mm-hmm. and I, yeah. who knows how much Clark's trained with Samir. So I mean, they, yeah, it, it could call. be, yeah.
1: I'd like to stop John right now and point out to Kevin, this is the first time we have ever seen or heard John Evans thrown off his game.
0: I thought you were going to say the first time we'd ever heard him answer a question. How dare you! Was... <laughs> but I like that we had tricked John under the guise of like, yeah, come talk about this
1: match. Just we're going to talk about this for the second half of talking about it. We're going to give you a hypothetical attack team. You know, no big expert strategist John Evans. Figure that out.
8: Yeah, no, it's yeah. I've been studying up on it, so I was I prepare. it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: John, what was, you know, what do you think in the grand scheme of things that match did for Metamorris? Were you pleased? Did you want to see more out of it? Where did you fall?
8: Well, the whole thing about that match is uh, I enjoyed it. I thought it was technical, it was interesting like Clark Gracie had some really interesting stops to the Barambolo. Some of them were not even stops, they were just a, like Hoffa said in the post fight. He couldn't he wouldn't let uh, Hoffa get the seatbelt grip around him. So it's not even he'd let him all the, get all the way to the back, he just wouldn't let him take the back by getting that seatbelt grip. Um another one of the stops was just to simply stiff arm the away Like it was uh it was just interesting. And his other one, he the leg that he was getting and bowled on, he switched the opposite leg underneath, which I've actually never seen before. And he was he stopped the barambolo I think twice that way. It was, it was really interesting. Um but uh, so I thought it was technical and fun to watch. But with all this controversy about the double guard pole in jiu jitsu, like I don't mind that personally. Mm-hmm. But people, for whatever reason, seem to really, really hate it. Uh, and that's all that this was because <laughs> I mean, it makes perfect sense though. Because it, Clark Gracie, if you're bigger and, and, you know, stronger than someone, just like when Jacques Ray fought uh, Marcelo Garcia, he jumped. For a close guard, so you can control them with your legs. It's a, it's a good strategy if you're bigger than them and you know they're super fast and technical. Uh, on the other hand, Hoffa didn't want to get up and try to pass, uh, Claude Gracie's guard because he knows Claude Gracie has a fantastic guard. Same, same thing. Um, but Claude Gracie also favored his guard as well. So he, they both just sat to guard and, it could be really boring for people that don't understand that whole thing. But uh it was really technical, you know, like the way that they moved their legs to either have the daily EVA or kind of the footlock, single leg exposition and, you know, the battle of the grips in there and the spinning upside down and what they did to defend. I thought it was entertaining, but I think the casual fan are not going to like that fight. So uh I, I'm was- not exactly sure.
0: And let me ask you this. Do you feel like this was the one fight, though? Because it seemed like all the other fights were kind of taking little breaks where they would kind of like acknowledge each other, almost like you do in a role like, hey, nice escape. And then they'd reengage. Did not feel like that happened one time. It felt like genuinely both of these guys were going 100 percent for each of the 20 minute seconds.
8: Oh, absolutely! awful. wanted to murder Clark. Yeah, Clark, so you feel similarly like uh, fighting for his life to get the hell out of there.
0: Yeah, and Clark honestly seemed you know, like he had control.
8: He well, did. John, was, we a surprise.
0: Our final question: Who do you think won the fight?
8: Definitely, you have to look at. Um, you have to look at with any type of competition like that, if. If you're not really sure who won and there's no points or anything like that, and it goes to a draw because it, there was no submission, it's submission only, then you just have to look at who is attacking more, who is defending more. And for that, it was 100%, uh, Hoffa. I mean, Clark went for a couple of footlocks here and there, but they, yeah. they weren't really <laughs> like that, you know, they weren't that threatening, but Hoffa nearly had his back a bunch of times and Clark was just it was more amazing that Clark was able to keep him off his back but keeping yeah. someone off of you is not <laughs> really doing anything to progress your position in the fight so it's not uh, definitely have to give it to Hoffa <laughs> on that one
0: hard to disagree with bjjbreakdown.com's own and Raph's instructor John Evans John, you also were just on uh, Joey Diaz's podcast talking about these fights. You were talking about the Bravo Gracie fight, correct?
8: Yeah, just earlier today. Uh, that was a that was a hoot. That guy, is, <laughs> I love Joey. He's always a always a fun person to be around. So uh, yeah,
1: two timing hussy, double <laughs> podcasting on one. knot. okay. No, I'll, I'll, any person that you're going to do another podcast for. Obviously we love Joey. And if you guys haven't listened to it, go listen. Jevons does his whole like breakdown. The and the thing I'm really church excited of to hear. What's happening
0: now is what it's yep.
1: called. I think I am excited to hear because I haven't heard uh, this part yet, but I am excited to hear your breakdown of Coyler uh, and Eddie, which we're about to do. Um, but I- I'm sure it- it's spectacular.
8: Yeah. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah. I, I hope-, hope you guys like it. It's a, uh... They went into a lot of detail about it, so but it was a good it was a good conversation and um I mean all in all, just the takeaway is that Metamorphus three was better than two, I thought. Uh oh, yeah. as far as the entertainment value goes. And they made a lot of progress with this one with the commentators and the way that they streamed it and everything. So hopefully this will be something that catches on for uh, the casual fan as well. But And I got uh, to ask
1: Before we do get you out of here, what do you think is maybe next for Metabars? What do you see happening at Metaboers for if it does happen, but let's assume it is.
8: <laughs> well, um, I don't know. I mean, there there's the whole tournament format is really like there needs to be a better way uh turn- so far the only good way to run a tournament right now that i can see is submission only which is what they do but then they put a time limit on it and uh, that kind of kills everything of course if you put a 20 minute time limit on it you're much more likely to have submissions Um, and if you put a 30 minute time limit on it for whatever reason a lot of submission only sites seem to end uh, if they go that far they generally end by 30 minutes but then there's always those couple of fights that may go an hour, hour and a half, and you just can't have that in a tournament format. Like, people need, they have lives, and they need to be places. So that doesn't really work. So somebody's got to figure out a way to make the proper format, and maybe they'll have, like, a different way to do that uh, for the next Metamorris. But um, as far as matchmaking goes, I don't know. I, the only thing I could think Getting of would better. be Gracie, and Eddie Bravo. or oh, something. <laughs> yeah yeah because um, that's what a lot of people on the internet are saying right now but uh, <laughs> all the rage that.
0: today everybody people on in the internet yep. they're always right <laughs> ladies and gentlemen <laughs> BJJBreakdown.com is the website. Check it out. Follow him on Twitter. Subscribe to him on YouTube. BJJ Breakdown is a really fantastic way. I, I, I genuinely love the videos. I'll stare at them, and it helps to have an experienced instructor guiding you through some of the complexities of very technical jujitsu. John, we appreciate you bringing your good looks onto the podcast to talk about photogenic matches.
8: And yep. the yeah, I've, I've of got a I've got a face for radio So that works out Very Perfect
0: uh, <laughs> Verbal Tab One of uh, our favorites John Evans
8: Oh, Thank you guys for having me I really appreciate it
0: Record now You can start whenever
1: Okay so uh, Okay we know what's happened there are five matches that have gone on right yeah and they were fine they were great yes it
0: was amazing good matches absolutely uh,
1: yes and then the anticipation is starting to set in what's going through your mind when we're about to see the match we were never supposed to see again
0: i'm kind of waiting on the commentary to to, to cancel it cuz i was too excited i was stoked I saw both Eddie and Hoyler run out on the mats in their, in as you've called it, their, like, pre-gym warm-up lap. And mm-hmm. I was just, uh, I was on pins and needles. I was really excited. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was really excited. And rightfully so.
1: So, and I'll tell you, in my seat, I'm now, like, I've been, you know, air conditioning's not bad. You're basically in a tent. Uh, but now I can feel myself starting to sweat. Like, I'm actually, my adrenaline's kicking in. I'm wondering yeah. what the fuck's going to happen. Uh, so we thought for this fight it would be really cool to bring in somebody who actually trained with Eddie Bravo. We're bringing no in way. our good friend. That is right. There's no way we Eric found someone Medina. that actually.
0: Eric Medina. Eric Medina that trained with Eddie Bravo for this fight. That's right. Who also. Hey, what's
1: going on, guys? Not much, my man. Good to see you tonight. And also had his own set of predictions that he was putting in for this particular fight. Uh, Eric, do you mind telling us what you were predicting for this fight?
4: Well, I I kind of, we talked about it right before the match. I was like, you know, Eddie's going to, they're both going to pull guard. Eddie will come on top or, or or secure his position, our position, you know, pull that lock down. And then that'll, that'll be about five minutes of the match right there. And I thought, you know, they would exchange position back and forth. But at some point, the match would end with either um, cap slicer or the twister transition or anything from the truck, really. And uh, man, it, it almost happened with that, with the cap slicer at the end. Now, was
1: part of your prediction based off of rolling with him, or was that just something that you came up with before you even had the chance to start training with Eddie?
4: Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, that. no, no. That, that that just came from, you know, training with him daily and, like, uh, how far roles would go and, and what positions that he was really intent on holding, where he felt strongest. Um, you know, pretty much, like, his, his game, his A game, where, where he likes to take the match. And uh, he was really able to utilize that and, and implement his game plan.
0: How much time did you spend in that top half guard position trying to keep his shoulder blades on the mat while he was working underneath you.
4: Yeah. Um, you know, so that, that's actually – we spent quite a few hours there. You know, um, Hoyler was really intent on that knee, knee slide. And, uh, you know, that's, yeah. that's one of the, the options you have there. So, I, uh, you know, hours upon hours of me being in that position, knee sliding both ways, trying to get out um, – What ends up happening, though, is Eddie has a really, really good control there. His three quarters yard is really good. If you go too crazy with the knee slide, you end up hurting yourself because you're going against um, all his controls. You know, it's uh, he actually, quite a few training partners in this camp have gotten hurt just from being there trying to get out. You have to kind of like wait you know, wait until he opens up, wait until something else happens. Now what Hoyler also did too is he, he kinda of repositioned himself and started attacking the neck. And as soon as he started doing that, I I kinda of breathed like a little bit of side, of side of release because we've we've gone down this road before. Like like Eddie's mm-hmm. okay there. When when he he almost baits himself into a bad position there, he'll let you get two hands across his neck, i.e. like a darse or maybe an anaconda, and then that's when he'll sweep you. Um and, and Hoyler almost took the bait a few times, but, like, those were always positions that he was strong in, that that things were going his way.
1: Now, before we get too much into the the match in itself, uh, I do want to ask, right before the match was about to happen, you and I had talked, and you had mentioned that you were more nervous for Eddie than you are when you compete yourself. Why was that? <laughs>
4: Yeah, you know, this. We, the train cap was pretty long. It was almost three months long. And, you know, throughout that time, uh, I've competed through that time, you know. So, like, I got my nerves out. I got my jitters out. Like, you know, I compete fairly often. Uh, Eddie, like, we don't have a lot of competition footage. We don't really know how he acts before competition. Like, if he likes to be alone, if he likes to be, you know, certain people around him. So it was kind of kind of cool to see him, like, go into the zone. But at the same time, you know, uh, you don't really know what what he's got in his repertoire, like how he likes to start the match. Like, is he going to get a pull guard? Is he going to play takedowns a little bit? You know, um, so I was just like really like nervous for him because, you know, knowing a little bit of what he's got in his arsenal, like like how is it going to play out? Like, is he going to stick to the game plan? Are nerves going to get to him? Like that was a that was like a very you know everybody's talking about like how huge he was. It was really one of the biggest matches in history. You know, like, everything from the crowd to, like, the the venue, like, it was all top-notch. It was all amazing. And how
0: much – this – I'm genuinely curious. Do you feel like the crowd helped inspire Eddie to hit a different gear? Or do you feel like what we saw on stage is exactly what you see sort of when you're rolling with him? Because in competition jujitsu, you really hear this. You hear some guys kind of just shine when the spotlight's on. Some guys kind of do exactly what they do, and then others kind of don't rise to the occasion. How do you feel Eddie reflected? Which pool do you feel like he belonged to after watching him?
4: I think the the Metamorist format really benefited him. I don't know if you uh, you saw the the metamorphs promo where Jean-Jacques talked about, like, Eddie as a student growing up, how he, you know, he, how Eddie always went for submissions. He was never really a point fighter. And, yeah. you know... Eddie, Eddie kind of lets himself get into very bad positions where points would be scored, but like that's when he's dangerous, you know. Um, when you mount Eddie, like he's gonna whip that leg, leg over, come up, and he's gonna he's gonna leg lock you or heel hook you. Like it's a very dangerous position, like to to be um, to be mounted with him. Um, sometimes, like when you when you're on side control and you're working, and his flexibility is crazy. You know, he, he has these. Um, he's able to create space, he's able to weave a leg in to, you know, put a butterfly hook in and start to elevate and, and implement his game. Um, you know, you can't really do all that. You can't really, like, uh, in, like, an IBJJF-style tournament, you know, you've, you've already been down so many points. But, you know, the is like, it's okay for him to be in a bad position. It's okay for him to, like, you know, to get smashed on a little bit because he's working, he's working, he's, he's constantly trying to get underneath his opponent and, and uh, work his game plan a little bit. Absolutely, and, and, and you know, like, and in, in the training itself, like, you know, he was in bad positions every single day. We, you know, we, you know, we brought in a bunch of like tough guys, and like every day, like, if, okay, we're gonna start you know, the whole training session. will be like me on belly today, or the whole training session will be on, you know, three his three quarter guard, or or like escape from mount, escape from back control. You know, the whole you know an hour and a half, two hours a day, like so. So those those weak positions became a strong position.
1: I have to ask, and, you know, what were you most impressed with Hoyler's game, having trained with Eddie and, and watching it as a Spectre who both knows Eddie's game a little bit and also not knowing what Hoyler would be bringing back to the table after all these years?
4: Hoyler had um, incredible pressure and positioning. You know, uh, once, he's, once he was there uh, with that knee slice, like, you know, he was never, he was never in too much danger. Um at one point he he almost smashed through and got, got mount for, for a few seconds and he recovered but you know, he was intent on on uh on maintaining his position, on, on having like a, a really good pressure, like uh you know, driving him down to the map and you could see it on Eddie's face, like he was really uncomfortable, you know, like even even though he wasn't really in danger, like man like he was getting he I talked to him after where he said Hoyler was, was way stronger than he ever thought he'd be. Like Mm. And and Hoyler did look good. Like, I mean, nobody nobody's not saying anything like uh, uh, that Hoyler came out there chubby. Like, no, he was Jack. Sure. He was, like, so strong. We saw him afterwards in the uh, you know backstage, and we were talking to him. And, 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 and like, you know, if, if I ever, He was chugging a
0: protein shake and doing <laughs> like, a push-up. <laughs> like, was it was just easy.
4: like, Eric, you, like, was you look weak. He, he, was, he was fine. Like, he was, you know, he, he was drinking water. And, like, just, like, it looked like he he was fresh. He was fresh. Like, after, like, you know, a 10-minute break, like, he looked good. So, you know, both those guys, their conditioning was amazing. Like, they're, they're, they're true athletes, and there's there's hope for us. Like, when we get older, that, like, we'll be rolling around.
1: <laughs> well, maybe for you, my friend. But <laughs> It's like there's hope <laughs> for you, Speak Eric. Speak for yourself. I don't want to
0: hear. I you drink know, I was trying... <laughs> way too much to have that ambition.
1: <laughs> I was definitely trying uh, to start a hashtag, old man shoulder pressure. Uh, <laughs>
0: shoulder I'm not sure if
1: true, that – that... yeah, no shit, man. Uh, you know, it was it was very interesting to see that match play out. My big question for you is what do you think this match's legacy will be?
4: You know, we were talking about it uh, you know, the whole night and everything and you know, it, it everybody wins that match. Um and, and that night, you know, there is although there's no submission, like that means Hoyler gets to go home and say, like, hey, he didn't submit me this time, it better this time, you know, like uh, Hoyler's Jiu-Jitsu looked really good. Eddie was able to, to hit some, some really good sweeps, like, um, you know, the electric chair, the vaporizer. Like, you know, he came very close with that calf slicer You know, like, you know, it, it came down to the wire. Everybody was on their feet. Like, you know, that was a, that was a show. Like, it couldn't play out any better. And, you know, so, so Eddie gets to go home to all his, you know, his school and his fans and, like, gets to raise his hand. Hoyler gets to raise his hand. Like, you know, like, everybody was happy that night. Was, like, nobody... Nobody said it was like a BS decision, or anybody was upset. Like, I and mean, then I think that'll be the legacy. Like, you know, they shake, they shake hands. Like, it's over, and and everybody, you know, wins tonight.
0: Who do you think you would fare better against in a twenty-minute submission-only match, Eric?
4: Um, do I get Eddie with pants or no pants? <laughs>
0: uh oh. <laughs> He's saying it's a factor.
4: <laughs> that's what he's saying.
0: Um, let's go Eddie with pants, because it seems like that's very important to him.
4: I think Eddie Eddie Eddie's very deceptive. Like you'll think you're like I said, like you'll think you'll be doing good against him, and then all in, out of nowhere, like, you know, he'll, he'll get you with something nasty. And like a lot of Eddie's submissions, like, they're not I mean, obviously like submissions hurt, but like they, they hurt on the way to like you tapping. So like like his calf crank like by the time you're tapping like it's already hurt too bad like you know same thing with like um like his chokes his chokes are really mean like his his back control is really mean he's really wicked with a body triangle sometimes you'll just tap to that like hmm. you know the Hoiler Hoyler with great the Hoilers like you know traditional Jiu-Jitsu like um you know I I I would actually like uh like you know roll around with Hoyler and McGee like I'm sure that would be awesome but I wouldn't last more than like two minutes with either of those at
0: full power. Hmm. All right. So he's saying neither Raph. Back oh God. Nostalgia, tough questions. What a terrible competitor. I'd be pissed. I'd be writing a note to my production coordinator. <laughs> and,
1: and I do have to ask uh, this, you know, for you, what did it feel like to be close on uh, seeing the match play? It, just for your own interpretation as both the jujitsu practitioner and, and a spectator of the event.
4: It was really cool. It was really awesome. You know, um, uh, almost every seat in the house was like a good seat. You know, the crowd was, I don't, I didn't know it was that evenly divided, but there was chance for like Eddie and Foiler going like, like, you know, by the people next to me and like, sometimes they would just change their mind and did chant, you know, like it was like, it was like people (laughs) were swaying their both, you know, everybody wanted, wanted somebody to win there, but it was cool, man. It was awesome. It was awesome to see this whole thing come to fruition, you know, like, like I'm I'm a Jiu Jitsu nerd. I bought the ticket as soon as it came out. I had no idea like I'd be training with Edwards Yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, oh so I love how how the people like, you know, the two nights before, like, hey, does anybody have a ticket? Like, no, you gotta get that month ago. <laughs> but it was uh, really cool. It was, it was it was really special. Especially to see, you know, what what it takes to be a champion, like what, what real like high level training is and like you know, getting to watch Eddie, like, day in, day out, like, you know, train his butt off, go teach, go swim, do the media, like, it's it's a whole bunch of different uh, tools and different jobs that you, you have to have under yourself, you know, and uh, that, that was really cool to see it.
1: And I would like to follow that up with, what would you say was the best takeaway or learning experience, both? training with Eddie and just being a part of his experience in this whole massively crazy attention filled match uh, you know, all the way through.
4: Um, you know, I, I think you know, we always talk about it, like we always joke about it, like Eddie, Eddie, really, you know, talked not talked himself up or like like, you know, This this tournament or the the event had like multiple time world champions like the best of the best the Mendes brothers were there you know Cena was there but like the main event was you know Eddie versus um Boiler you know and it's crazy like like they had a match like everybody's on their feet Um, I I think what I take away is that like you know maybe if you're not like the most successful competitor like maybe you don't have to be uh, an Abu Dhabi champion or a world champion. But, man, like, you, you put some stuff together, like, people are going to want to watch you, you know, compete. People are going to want to, like, listen to what you have to say. And um, that was really cool to see because, you know, it's not, not all of us are going to be world champions. But it doesn't mean that we're not all going to go out there and try. And it doesn't mean that we can potentially, like, knock off a few, you know. So I think that's a, the that's a glory about jiu-jitsu. You know, like, every day, like, you know, we're training with, like, high-level guys. And who's to say, like, one day, like, it's not your time to catch them. Um, it was really cool. It was a whole a, a wonderful experience and really, really happy to be part of it and got like awesome like a uh, takeaway from it.
0: And what can we expect in the sense of this is what I'm gonna ask do you think we will
4: see Eddie fight again? You know, I think if he wanted to, it would be much easier here for him now that he's got the Matt Rush.
0: Absolutely. You know, he's
4: in shape. He knows what it takes to win. I mean, you know, uh and like he's confident in his abilities and I think that's like the big thing, you know. Confidence is what is what uh is what wins he matches. Um in the last week of training camp, Eddie was a terror man. He was tapping everybody and and tapping everybody quick. And that made him like, that like gave him like you could see like a little spark in his eyes like, like he was ready, and uh, and I think he's gonna carry that for a very very long time. And he's got, you know, he's got monsters that'll come help him. You know, like he's he's the man right now. And um, you know, if he if he wants to hop into like a little grapplers quest or like do something big, do another metamorphosis I think like he'll do it very well. You know, well, enough, he's well. Hey. Enough.
0: Let them know if they're uh, looking for attractive, mildly funny people at a lower rank to compete. I am all yours to beat up on, Eric. I just want to publicly state that before we start to move out. <laughs> Let's get Eric, it, talk to us about, out. yeah, if you're ever out in D.C., well, I'll obviously uh, make you come roll where we are, and if I make it back to L.A., Raph, I'll have to, have to have you choke me out a little bit. You have some sponsors that we would like to shout out.
4: Oh, yeah, um, I'm always wearing, uh, Niwaza apparel, rash guards and cool stuff, uh, Travis Niwaza, also known as Farta Plata, takes really good care of me, um, <laughs> Dogs Kimonos is the brand <laughs> of the gee I wear, and then, uh, Ubatuba Acai in Tarzana, he has got the best oh, acai, awesome. so if you're ever, ever, if you're ever in the, the Valley, stop mm-hmm. by there, they're really good, they'll take care of you, um. Yeah, but you know what a what a great night, what a great event, you know. It was we went fantastic to the party and... in uh, Hollywood oh. after. Uh, of course, you did. Oh, oh my gosh. god. was it awesome? That was, nuts. was it amazing. I see with <laughs> Jeff, Lover, Eddie Bravo, and Con Gracie on the dance floor. It was nuts. It was really cool. Uh that sounds fun.
0: All right, ladies and gentlemen. Eric Medina, thank you so much for stopping by the podcast. Oh, thank you very
4: much, guys. Um, Have a great one. We'll see you soon.
0: (laughs) What a Stranger Parade podcast, Raph. My compliments to the 29 friends that we called to break down the fights. Six of them, whatever. Felt like 29 maybe it's because john evans was in there this was like a heavier load than i'm
1: stop being jealous of john evans he no. is a, a stand-up gentleman and he's never been mean to you
0: that's <laughs> not true that is not true
1: when was he mean to you
0: uh when i was in la and we were it was towards the rolling portion of the class mm-hmm. that was some mean rolling that was not nice that's not how you treat that was
1: that was your fault for trying <laughs>
0: I don't know, i going to fool me on the trying part. Hey, Metamorris 3 was amazing. You were there, you've, give, you've given us some wonderful insight. But today, during Jiu-Jitsu, we're, uh, we've been recording this over a two-day span. Mm-hmm. Um, this evening we were going over some of the prime moves, including the lockdown to the electric chair and sort of talking about what Hoyler was doing with the slicer. So it was a really good... Summation to the Metamoris Pro for me to see. Um, Nick was Nick and Rob were doing the instructing tonight, and they were just taking us right through it, and it was really cool. That's so, all? I think it's uh, that's what I loved about it. I thought it was a really good exhibition of jujitsu, and I will certainly be watching Metamoris four, 4 and 5. Let's, ho-
1: yes, let's hope they, exactly. they get on that very quickly because uh, I will say th- there was a great moment with Eddie where at the very end he said, He's like, I don't get if you don't support this how can you not support Metamoris and after all it's doing for the community like this is it for jujitsu right now it was trending on twitter you know it's cool and it's it's a unique event um i'll leave with this i had a great time doing it uh this is the second metamorris i've gotten to attend and i think it's such a cool event and you know what's weird kev is that we had the opportunity to report on the whole, whole Hoist and Eddie thing. Like, we had the opportunity to talk about that on here. And we just decided not to. And I'll explain why. I'm sure in the future we may reference it. It may become a thing. But I think it's a shame that you have something like that overshadowing what was really such a great match and such a great win for both sides of the, the perspective spectrum. you got Eddie who's being able to say it the first time was a fluke you've got Hoyler who's able to show, you know, he's still got it and that they combined put on this fucking great exhibit of jiu-jitsu. Absolutely. And it got marred by what at first kind of seemed a little bit like uh, speculation and, and tabloid kind of shit. And you have the opportunity to talk about it. And the reason why we're actually even discussing it now is because at some point they confirmed it as news. Both Eddie and Hoyce have talked about it. And I think the real reason why it bums me out more than any other thing, and I would caution most people to tread lightly when they are talking about this sort of thing and trying to bring up perspective differences as a main thing, is this. When you go to an event like this, you see how happy jiu-jitsu competitors are. And when I go to this, there is no other event like Metamoris where you see everybody who does jiu-jitsu passionate, excited stoked to see this sort of thing happen and when you get a main event like that all of your confirmation and all the things that you think that are great about jiu-jitsu are just validated right in front of you so when we had the opportunity to, to talk about this i just thought it was so unique and weird to be focusing on whatever is i guess happening dramatically behind the scenes and i just chose not to really talk about it because I'd rather focus on what it is great because things like that carry over to gyms like yours where the next day instead of talking about all the bullshit that happened you're drilling those things so I think that's the bigger takeaway from the entire Metamorphos card I will now get off my eye horse but that's it and I'm just it fucking I wish that whatever jujitsu drama would just fucking end and uh, everybody would just enjoy what it was and I will remember it as a great match and nothing else
0: completely with you and that takes us to the beautiful summation of shout outs. and as we transition to that i would like to tell everyone out there if you are a jiu-jitsu practitioner or an mma practitioner watch the videos it's a really good um you're gonna feel the des- the strong desire to drill <laughs> very mm. soon uh so check that out ref let's thank our guests first yes. let's and there's you know i've got the list Okay. Uh, Amici bomb from BJJ Trading Journal. The homie. Big shout out there to talk with the Roberts Maxwell. Um, Monte Wiley. here to talk Chantry Mendez. Thank you the so first much. first time
1: ever being on the show, nailing it. Monte. Uh,
0: Alex Perez, who was also with you that evening. He had uh, had his tickets, got into some presser, did some great work.
1: Uh, so Alex has... Is- been such a great training partner and uh, it was a blast to get to cover it with him because, you know, we got to discuss all the things that we like. We got to nerd out over a lot of the technique and uh, he actually brought a buddy with him that he gets to train with, with us for the ride. And the great thing about it is uh, that guy, he was complaining about that. He doesn't get to see all that often, but that he used to be the guy who would break down things at the end of his class. And that is exactly how Alex does his rolling, he does that sort of thing, and he's paying it forward. So, uh, kudos to both of those guys for for being so cool. And to Alejandro, we appreciate your time, dude. That's really cool, and and we hope you had a good time.
0: Absolutely, here to help us with the Keenan, Kevin, Casey. Hi, Megan from bjjrants.com We'll have high yep. back. Don't worry, high oh, fan mostly. club. Jaime <laughs> fan club at ease. Um, Of course, the lovely and elegant John Evans helped us talk uh, Gracie Mendez. And big thanks to Eric Medina, who trained with Eddie Bravo for this match. Coming on to give us some insight and just kind of, you know, he he definitely saw those moves coming, which I like. That's another one of those, hey, drill it, people.
1: Trainers beyond stoked to talk about his prediction and to see it come true when it happened there. And he just walked up to me. He's like, Hey, what'd I tell you about
0: all that stuff? And I was like, you're very right. My friend. It's as though you had some sort of insider knowledge, right? Hey, (laughs) that takes us into our shout outs. BJJ MMA Academy out there in Chantilly VA. Of course, check out no concept out in Maryland and our friend Andrew over at BJJFinder.com, the world's premier Jiu Jitsu school locator. Download the app. All you have to do is put your zip code in. It'll show you schools. You can review them. You can also go on BJJ Finder and see what schools that you might want to train with that maybe you're a little nervous about. Well, people will have reviewed it for you. So they've already experienced it and they'll let you know. That's going to do it for uh, me, Raf. Pretty easy on the shout outs. Thanks, Metamorphos.
1: Yep. And, uh, I'm going to try and do mine in a minute. Time me.
0: Um, hold on
1: and go. I'm going to go ahead and shout out Valley Martial Arts Center. Be, 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 be Mac. You guys are always great. You're just top-notch instruction. All the guys over there. I hope that you had a great time watching, uh, Morris. So it was really, really cool. Also, I want to shout out, uh, our great friend Pamela Moyad. There's going to be a women's open mat. The SoCal women's open mat is going down on April 6th. Next week, that is going to be 1 to 4 p.m. There's going to be some judo instruction. You can give the gift of a gi, and then you can also uh, basically roll. I can't encourage you guys enough. Please look into it. It's at Valley Martial Arts Center. It's 11316 Burbank Boulevard, North Hollywood, California, 91601. Look into that. Please make sure that you're going there. Also, shout-outs to everybody who I talked to at Metamoris. There are too many of you to name, uh, but I'm going to try Travis Nawaza, Jeff Glover, uh, Etc., and the rest, and all the great fighters who were amazing. And I just want to say to Kevin, thank you for holding it down on your side. You did a great job on covering the fights on your own Twitter. And I'm done. Boom.
0: Woo! Right at that was literally a minute. Like it was, you came in at 59 hard. I know. That's going to do it for us here at Verbal Tap. I'm Kevin. Thanks for listening. Good night, and good metamorphosis. Bye.